Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. JD here. Just doing a... Intro like I always do for these podcasts nowadays, um, because Left Hand Right Brain is brought to you by The Molecule Effect Coffee and Wine, located on West 12th Avenue and Santa Fe Drive. Check them out, guys. They're the best. They support local, and so should you. The Molecule Effect. And if you're looking for some culture, go check them out on November 20th. They are having a screening of a Tribeca Film Festival short film starring Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, and it should be pretty good, because I don't know if you guys know about Robert De Niro, but he doesn't do bad work, okay? So you should go check that out. Um, For more information about that, you can check out their website, themoleculeeffect.com. I think they really want to try and have more viewings of things like that, which is pretty cool. So go check that out, guys, The Molecule Effect. They're great. And don't forget to check out the DCPN. That's the Denver Comedy Podcast Network. It's just a page on my website that has comedy podcasts that I enjoy, and I think you would as well. So you can check that out. You'll see David Germain's Disjointed Podcast or Weston Unruh's Easily Unamused Podcast. So check that out, guys, the DCPN. This podcast is with Roger Hack. He is a self-proclaimed comedy refugee from Arkansas. He's a transplant, works at Comedy Works now, so he's got all the insider information or the inside knowledge okay that's why i had him on the podcast wanted to pick his brain and he's a pretty cool dude turns out this podcast is really inside baseball everybody so we talk a lot about the denver comedy scene and the kind of politics and what my views are on it okay i just wanted to do a little disclaimer i guess you know the the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely that of jd lopez and not a reflection of anyone else okay but I want this podcast to be real, and that's what I'm going for. That being said, I thought it was a good time. Uh, this guy's really awesome. It was the longest podcast I've ever done, but it's because he has great information, and we had a good time talking. So you can check out Roger Hack on Twitter, at Raj Hack, that's R-O-G-H-A-A-K, and he also runs a great open mic with James Zhang at the Denver Bicycle Cafe. So if anyone in Denver is looking for a good mic to start at, that's a great one. Uh, sorry for any kind of uh, background noise. My roommates were moving around upstairs. I try to always record these in a time where they're not around, but sometimes it's unavoidable, and you can hear the heater come on quite a bit during this podcast because it's getting cold, but that's just how it goes sometimes, guys, okay? So thank you for listening. Hit us up on iTunes and all that jazz, and without further ado, enjoy this LHRB podcast.
first one was what's it called? It's just been it's been a, while, a long while. What was it called? Um, it must have been memorable. Yeah, so memorable. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like to get jealous about podcasts the way people get jealous about lovers. Yeah, right. This is, well, you'll be my second lover. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Jeez, that don't weird, look me like so much I don't in the know. Eye when you say that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Please put your clothes back on, Please. Roger. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, let me just zip that <laughs> back up. <laughs> All right, can you hear yourself more in there or yeah, less in there? I can hear myself a lot more. Or wanna, yeah, because I want to bring it up. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Usually people are like right on it, uh, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, I, I stint, you know, what drives me crazy because, um, because I, I majored in voice. So, oh, okay. Uh, so I'm not trying to be, you know, really close to the microphone. I'm trying to be further back because my teaching was always use the microphone as a tool, not as you know, like you're well, it's like as an enhancement to the tool that you have already in your throat. Like uh-huh. you're supposed to use the the cavities in your skull and your nasal cavities to help your voice project. And then, you know, the microphone shouldn't just be, you know, right here on your mouth. You should have it out and you should be able to play with that space where where you hold the microphone out and things like that. And I have I've had to talk to friends who are either singers or comedians, like with proper mic holding you know and you see so many comedians who go out like holding a microphone all the way down here by their yeah by their, by yeah, their yeah. stomach and it's like i can't hear you and it's a nightmare to be in the sound booth which i have to do with that all i've i've had to do that so many times where a comedian or a performer has the microphone so far away all the way down by, their, by their chest their and i'm like pulling up the gains and like pushing up you know the volume so much just to hear them barely but then it causes all this feedback issue sure, that yeah. drives me insane and there's only so much i can do and then they complained to me afterwards like oh the sound was bad it's like no your etiquette on holding a microphone yeah, is you shit just don't know what you're you doing don't, yeah you don't you don't understand and what's even worse is whenever a comedian you know or or singer i should say both because i understand both but you know holding it right to their mouth and then they scream or they yell or then they you know, like they're it's there's so much going on with how you need to hold a microphone and how you use the volume of yourself to either you know add effect or um you know to take away or whatever you need to do and it's so yeah i'm like i stay further away from the microphone because i know i can get like i don't know well i don't know how this conversation is going to go but i know i can get really excited about something and then i'll just get way too loud and then i need to go a little further back so i'm not like overdoing it and like i don't know i I, it was funny i now i'm I'm talking i i feel like i talk way too much sometimes that's what this is about that's what that's what that's That's what i felt like in my my first podcast too i was like i feel like i'm talking way too much like oh bring up your your last podcast yeah yeah right all right cool keep doing that okay so what was it uh well what i remembered happening was i we my girlfriend and i were we were videoing each other doing like some video logs for for fun or whatever and um and it was funny, it was listening, we were listening to the video back again, and I could hear my voice, and it was just loud, and it was all over the place, and it was, you know, a pretty big voice, and then her voice was, you know, a little further back. Not not like, it's like a typical, like, voice where you, you're kind of told to be quiet, you know, throughout so much of your life. Uh-huh. Like, you're too loud, you're too loud, you're too loud. And so then you learn these bad habits of, like, masking your voice or putting it further back in your throat, things like that. And so she definitely had that going on. She had a softer quieter voice but we were talking at you know typical uh, conversation level of volume but my my voice was just so much bigger without me even trying so again that's why i'm like you know trying to be a little further back from the <laughs> microphone because i don't i don't want to overdo it i don't want to be too much i guess no, but yeah. totally fine yeah 
You're good the way good, you are, man. Way. I feel like you know you know mm-hmm. you have command of your instrument. Right. 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 Yeah. So I, I mean to be. I mean to have that. I got five years of vocal classes and vocal, you know, teachings. And what is that? What does that mean? Oh, that, what does all that translate it, it, to? What well, did you, it, how did you it, get there? Uh, what translates uh, is it's a lot of tears, a lot of crying, a lot of telling, <laughs> a lot of uh, vocal teachers telling you how terrible you are at singing, even okay. though they're giving you a full ride scholarship to do it, but then they tell you how bad you are, and they're just really hard on you the entire time. But, um, well, I mean, the way it came about was I wasn't even, well, I was in high school, and I was thinking about going into English, really, because I was I had terrible English teachers, and I just wanted to have good English teachers in the world, so I thought I'd be the change or whatever. And, okay, um, so you went for English. So I was going or for English. You and, to be an yeah, English teacher. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, because I was, I, I, I loved, I enjoyed grammar rules and writing and things like that, and then I, um, a bunch of my friends told me to join choir and that they wanted me, be, me to be in choir. It's my senior year, and I thought, okay, sure, fine, I'll be in choir. And I, I audition, and I'm in, my, I'm in the top choir, and we go uh, to all region and all state, and I find out without any real training that I'm a, you know, I was second chair all region, first chair all state in base two. Wow. So I just thought, oh, well, I'm good at this one, and I enjoy this too, so I'll just keep doing it and see what happens from that. And then I'm really glad I went that route because um, I ended up, you know, I ended up going through, experiencing all these different things I never would have experienced. I went in choir trips, going to Europe and singing in cathedrals and meeting people I never would have met working in, in like performing arts industries and uh, stuff like that, which was really great. Um, but it was five years of being in a vocal studio with a teacher teaching me operatic, classical, you know, pra- uh, classical practice, and, and I was really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I got better as enough. I went along. Yeah, good enough to get a scholarship. Just this raw then, natural talent yeah. <laughs> you got like oozing out of you. It's like so. whiplash, but with your voice. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, mean, I guess. That's kind of what what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, like whiplash the the movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah with the drummer. Would, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not the not the not the not the actual act of you know getting in a car yeah. wreck and whiplash. Right. Yeah. Took, that took about, me a second. Know, someone who has raw talent and then the the teacher the, through it, merciless you know hardcore mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. Makes it them better. Makes them better. Hones them. It, and it, but it's funny too how uh, art schools and um, just school in general can ruin you and take take the talent away from you and <laughs> and make you worse even. Which really, yeah, I I, I experienced and I experienced that a lot actually in my in my uh, college uh, learnings, which was interesting. And I sh- I probably shouldn't shit on it like I am. But no, where'd you go? I went to University of Arkansas. Okay, um, for voice. For voice. Which Where, was what, originally English. Originally, oh. I was thinking about going into English, and then okay. I go into voice. Though I will say my my choir experience was just bar none. It was amazing. The, the director that I had, uh, he ended up leaving to go teach at the University of British Columbia, which is a top ten international choral school. Like he was he was top notch. I had the most just unbelievable, beautiful experiences in just singing that I, ne- I never would have experienced in art before. And I got to really participate that in that, which was fantastic. Um, but my experience that I had singing uh, solo voice was re- had a whole lot of ups and downs. And it was really just, it, it just kind of was down, 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 down for the most part. And then, and then it, was, it was funny, there was like a switch that happened where everything changed all at once. And um, 
it was, I mean, just every day I would go into that vocal studio and I just have anxiety attacks leading up to it, just like freaking out because I knew she was going to hate me and I knew she was going to hate. Because it's really, singing is such a stripped down, um, it, like in stand-up, singing is very stripped down. It's, it's you and it's your voice. It's very intimate. It's very personal. And you're sharing that and you're exposed. You're so exposed and out there. Just like how, you know, we both do stand-up comedy, you know, picking up a microphone just to share your thoughts, trying to make people laugh and like you and like what you're saying is such an exposed, raw sort of art form. Uh-huh. And singing in that same way is, I mean, is very alike in how it's, it's your very personal voice and you're trying to create beauty with just yourself and the piano or whatever background you have and it's all about you expressing the music that the composer put down and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so every day I went into this vocal studio and I just felt like I was the worst she told me I was I was covering up my voice with my like whole I was like swallowing my voice or like like singing through my nose and I sounded nasal all the time and and I never could fix it that was and that was the hard part I could never get past like, I knew it was wrong, but I never could get a solution. And she was trying to give me solutions, but she was, like, it was, and it wasn't just me and me and her. Like, a lot of people in her studio weren't really gelling and weren't moving up. Um, so you think it was, like, the teaching, yeah. like, wasn't giving you the tools to get better, to get or better. it wasn't, like, you personally putting the work in I think to it, get better? Well, it was a little bit of both. I mean, like, okay. well, I mean, I was putting in a lot of work, but I, I don't think I was putting in proper work or the correct work. And a lot of, like, uh, the the students in that studio would go to other teachers and go to other vocal teachers because they, after a year and a half, they're just thinking, I'm not getting any better and I don't know what to do. I've tried, I feel like I've tried everything. And then they, they'd go to other studios and then they'd get better immediately, okay. which is kind of interesting how that would happen. And Oh, I think that points to the problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it was funny. So I would go into the studio to sing all like twice a week and I'd be miserable and I'd be upset. And then... And I would, I would, I had practiced, you know, hours trying to get better, and to no avail. And then one, one day or one week, even, I think I left my, 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 uh, my, my rehearsal, and I just thought, you know what, this is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen, and I'm just going to throw it up. I'm throwing it away, basically. And like, what year in college was this? This was the end this was i think the either the end of my sophomore year or the beginning of my junior year i All think right. the i think the beginning of my junior year and you had a full ride scholarship i had a full ride saying. scholarship yeah okay. and i was just four voice four voice and okay. i just thought man this isn't going to happen i'm not going to get any better i don't know what to do so that week i just said you know what? i'm not going to practice i'm not going to i'll memorize the words and the lyrics and the and the melody and what i'm supposed to sing but i'm not i'm not going to sit in a practice room you know, beating myself up, trying to get better, and it's not happening, you know? And then, and then so, then my rehearsal comes up, my lesson comes, and I, I just open the door, and I just, I just, instead of having anxiety, you know, freaking out, I just kind of went in and just thought, okay, you know what, I'm just going to sing whatever happens, and like, whatever comes out of my mouth is what's going to come out of my mouth today. And I sang, and my teacher was just blown away. Okay. It was so funny. She just thought, "What in the? What did you do?" And I, I didn't tell her I did nothing. <laughs> like it was like I wanted to be like, "Oh, I did nothing." Well, I was you're just relaxed. Like, you're yeah, I was to... relaxed, and I wasn't pressuring myself. I wasn't beating myself up. I wasn't all of these things, and I was able to just open up and be free and actually express the music a little bit better. And uh, my my voice, mo- like or my placement of my voice, was forward and not like putting pressure on the back of my tongue and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, all of a sudden, I just had this completely different voice by just 
getting out of my own way, which was what I learned. I learned like I was getting in my own way. I don't know how we got to this point, but um, uh, your history. I mean, oh yeah, my history and like of voice and yeah. just the technique that, that right. comics do. Yeah, I guess we're yeah talking about technique that comics do. But we're also here to learn about you. Learn you know, about Roger? me, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, for those of you <laughs> who uh, are still here, fourteen minutes in, fourteen well, minutes in, and, and, and wondering out who, on... he, who this guy is. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I, I usually take care of we it. We can in edit out a lot of this stuff. No, I'm sure. I put, I put it into. I'll put it in the intro. You know, okay. who you are and blah yeah. blah blah. But Roger Heck is a comedian here in Denver. Uh, works at Comedy Works. Mm-hmm. Is that okay for me to? Definitely fine. start talking about because that's, yeah. that's what we're gonna get into. We should we're get should, to the we're nitty gonna, gritty. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, we're gonna, right. yeah. We're gonna get out as well. Not, not quite like other voice. other recent podcasts uh, have come oh, out man. about. <laughs> I heard I heard a response to that <laughs> oh, podcast oh, on a different podcast. Oh yeah, I haven't heard well. that. Oh, I want to hear that can, one. Can, I'm just gonna say it. Is okay, that, is that okay with fine. you? I mean, let's I, talk about. I, I let's talk about every. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be open, and I don't want to be. Yeah. I, I like the idea of being Switzerland with this podcast. You know, oh, okay, being very and, neutral. Well, and being absor- just more so, just wanting to talk about whatever, not feeling. Because I mean, I have no loyalties that, to anybody. Is, is that how Switzerland is like? Whenever they go into the UN meetings and, they, <laughs> and like, the council, they're like, "Let's just talk about whatever, you guys." Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I like I like to think they're just like, Woo! like they're like the party guys. Like they're like, man, I'm so neutral. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. They're like the party guys because they're not Iran to work. And, and and America. Yeah, and like Canada be cool, and whatever. Like, they just, just have their yeah. shades on the whole time. Well, there was. Well, you know, there was that uh, the article that I only read the headline about that apparently a bunch of all right, tell yeah, us right, the yeah, let's tell the information. Well, a bunch of UN workers at, at the actual freaking UN had you know uh, like exchanged pounds of weed and like did this and that and whatever. And it's probably Switzerland if, if we're thinking about it according to what we're, whatever you brought up just now. How you think about Switzerland? <laughs> Switzerland, yeah, yeah, the party guys, the party guys, yeah, yeah super cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get open and and everything and sure. So, so your um, questions and your on uh, the improv green room podcast. Right. Uh, Chuck Roy, you know, kind of really bashed, went after comedy works, yeah, and a certain comedian he he named by mm-hmm. he named Deacon Gray yeah. by uh by name mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then Deacon was on um, Talking Shop recently, right? And he kind of fired mm-hmm. back, I guess, in a way, right? I need, and I'm, I've been wanting to listen to that one just because of how he dived into just comedy knowledge and just oh, everything. Yeah. It was great. And that's what I, I didn't, but I didn't know he he responded. So now in I'm a, really interested in to, his own way. Yeah. You know, he he alluded to you know how certain comics think they can make a living being an right. MC at one place, and they're nuts. That's, it's not, yeah. You um, can't. There's no way. I have no idea what the politics are on that. That's I feel like that's a whole other mm-hmm. level of, you know, uh, the game that I'm not even uh, aware of yet. You right. Know, that they're mm-hmm. playing it. They're playing a different game than I am. You know, it's right. like an open micro comic, and they're yeah. professionals. You they've know, been making touring around and doing stuff, yeah, and like they've been on lots of yeah, festivals. Yeah, they're in the pros, and, and I'm like, in yeah, the, and, uh, we're we're on the outside looking in, hoping to be a part of. Right. It. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Let's keep going deeper. Let's get, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in the minor leagues right now, just really <laughs> trying, swinging away. Trying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, you work at Comedy Works as well, mm-hmm. so I mean, you know things about stuff. That, yeah. I mean, just the professional side and how the club works. Yeah, I do know how the um, things about the club and things like that, and 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 what we were saying earlier, like there's no, you can't make a living being an MC, like at one club. And it's crazy. Is that, beca- That's well, a, is mean, that because we've settled for that? I don't know. He, his well, whole rallying cry was like, we need to change this as artists mm-hmm. or it's never going to get any better. I mean, I, I can see that to some extent. Um, 
I mean, as an artist, I mean, artists across the board, across, I mean, uh, all over the place are yeah, just underappreciated, are underappreciated and yeah. overworked because yeah. they want to, you know, yeah. express themselves. It's true. I mean, there, there are things like that that are true. Um, like writers, people just ask writers to write whatever, just expecting it to just happen. Or yeah, it's what, a what privilege I, to be a writer yeah. at this place or like, whatever. Yeah, and like, and as a singer, what's so funny? Whenever someone finds out, they say, "Oh, you." I say I majored in voice, which I don't like to say. Then they say, "Oh, like, oh, sing me something right now." It's like, no, go fuck yourself. I'm not gonna go. Like, just right. like as comedians, like, yeah, tell me a joke. joke. No, I'm not gonna tell you a joke. It's like, oh, do you meet an architect and say, oh, draw me a building right now? It's like you don't. No, you don't do right. that to anybody. But you do it to creatives. For whatever reason, which is interesting, and I, and you know, to one, to some extent, I do understand. Like, hey, you know, maybe we do need to ask for like an up and pay, you know, and disregard whatever. But that's why there are all these unions that came about with the Actors Guild or Writers Guild and et cetera, sure. et cetera. Like, because it was needed and it needed to happen. Um, granted, you're not going to get a whole bunch of open micers to start a union and get people to you know agree to pay open micer type comedy people more money than or what have you. Sure. Um, because, I mean, no one will ever do that. One thing she talked about was, mm-hmm. I mean, not she, um, uh, Chuck talked about was, yeah. you know, like people being um, scared of Wendy Curtis, who runs the, you know, the comedy works, and like they're all worried that they're uh, not gonna, that they're gonna fuck up their non-existent careers in the future right now, you know, oh. like these, they're I, so I, worried about, you know, getting yeah. blackballed from that that club right. that uh, they're, they're gonna keep quiet and right. things like that. So, well, I mean... I mean, that's, I mean, that's the same... That's going to happen with anything. And it's not like an art thing. Like well, it, there will always be someone who's willing to do it for free. Right. Where if, someone, if someone who's on the Almost Famous list or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, an MC like Chuck Roy yeah. or was or whatever, he, you know, if they say no, there's always someone else that's going to, that's willing to do it willing for free it for, for sure. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, you know, as, as someone who's the owner, if you're, if you put yourself in, in Wendy's shoes, for example, mm-hmm. like the smart decision would be like, well, yeah, sure. I could give it to someone for free, but I, if I give someone or, or I could pay someone who I know and I trust, you know, or like, um, uh, what am I, like you don't, you can either hire a landscaper that is, you know, skilled and has a resume, or you can hire the person that's going to do it for free. So it's it's really I mean it's not just limited to Wendy and Comedy Works or it's I mean, yeah, you can sure. you can it's apply every... that to all sorts of professions yes. like sure I could get anyone to do anything for free uh-huh. just for the experience and to like get the bump up but like am I going to get the quality that I want which is why Wendy has the almost famous and this and that and what have you and like and the professionals and you know talks to the agents and things of that nature sure um, and I mean whenever it comes down to I mean. I can't. I'm trying to think of where we were going. Yeah, I kind of. We got really off on that. I mean, just you work at Comedy Works, so um, yeah. I guess what we were saying, like, you can't. Yeah, (laughs) we can tell. Let's just go back to my voice lessons, right? I feel like we need to close that thread at some point. Yeah, right. I mean, that was really. That was probably about it. I mean, I got my. So you got got better, and I got. I mean, by letting go, by letting go, and believing in myself. So it wasn't really the teaching. No, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the teaching. By me teaching myself, almost. All right. Me. So we are, but, so you finished. You got your degree. Finished. Got my degree, and then and you're a now great I'm singer. At, well, I'm I'm okay, an okay singer, I think. But so you just rocking like karaoke bars now, or like how? What do you? Well, as a I mean, as a singer, it's hard for me to do some karaoke. I mean, I'm I'm a baritone, so my voice doesn't fit most pop songs. Like it's tenors can sing pop music all day. Mm-hmm. I'm a baritone, so I can hit maybe I can do maybe 30% of the songs and carry things in those 30% of the songs no one really wants to hear anyway so doesn't really <laughs> oh so you're really yeah. doing it for other people yeah. there I mean I can hit, I can sing James Taylor 
And uh, that's uh, maybe some Coldplay, maybe. But that's about that's about yellow. It. Yeah, yeah I great. T- People love yellow. yellow. People do love yellow. All right, that's about it. Yeah. So okay. let's we put a pin in it. Now, how did you get into comedy then? Com- so okay. you're like, fuck this, but fuck. I still like holding a microphone. I like holding a microphone. Yeah. Uh, well, we can get into that. I feel like there's all this stuff that's untouched with all the the comedy stuff with okay. comedy works and everything. Sure. But um, I don't know how how I've. I lost that thread line though. Yeah, because we kind of went off into a little. Yeah, bit we of went a, off on that whole Chuck Roy thing and yeah. the Deacon. So uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of. Oh, I guess my thought too was because you were saying that everyone's worried that when he's going to blackball people. But, yeah. I mean, anyone's going to get fired from any job if you're if you're an asshole. You sure. Know, if you're a jerk, if you go up and you bomb, you know, and you're not doing well, even though you deserve, like, you say you're on the paid list, and then you just go up and you're just, you know, you you take advantage of it. You know, you have to realize it's a privilege. It's not your right to be the paid comic at the professional level. Like, you have to keep proving day in and day out that you are that professional. Just like Louis C.K. says, yeah, sure, I have all these great specials, but, like, you know, it freaks me out even still to this day. Like, I have to go up and I, even that first two, the first 30 seconds, those first two minutes, I have to prove it again that that I still have that trust, you know, that I still deserve and have earned their trust, you know? And and that's the same thing with anyone that's going to work for Wendy or anyone that's going to go to comedy works. Like you got to keep or her trust or, or any club. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. any club owner, any any any, any boss, business. any job, anything. Sure. You got to like you are responsible for what you do and what you put out in the world. And if you want to put something out in the world that you know is shitting on other other people and like hurting them, and those the people that you're hurting are the people that feed you, then yeah, they're going to be like, well. Maybe, maybe sure, they're like, gonna react to yeah, that. bite the hand that feeds and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like that's it's it's all about professionalism. It's all about, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of others. And if you're not willing to do that and see that, then yeah, you're gonna get you're you're gonna say like, Oh, I got burned and I didn't deserve it. It's like, no, maybe you deserved it. Maybe maybe you didn't do the right things, you know. Doesn't mean that you can't redeem yourself. There are plenty of people the people so like people are worried that like they're gonna get blacklisted by Wendy. Sure. I, I've heard stories of comics that have, have been blacklisted by Wendy and then they get back on that stage sure. and they're and they get back on the good graces of Wendy. Like I think Chuck or um Ben Roy said he's gotten kicked out before. Yeah. He's gotten, you know. And he and who's headlining at Comedy Works all the time yeah. whenever he comes into town? Ben Roy. Like right. it's that's that's just how it goes. Like people they humans have the capability of being upset and they have the capability of forgiveness. They have the capability of holding grudges and they have the capability of getting over it, you know? Like uh-huh. and letting water go under the bridge because time passes and people grow and people change and people learn their lessons and then they become better people and blah blah blah. At least you would hope, or people just stay in that little dark hole and then they just <laughs> become tr- yeah. trolls. Yeah, pretty the, much. The bridge trolls. The bridge and the, trolls. And the, the goat story. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean it just depends on the person you want to be and what you want to do. Like I, I I don't know. Like I I I I get I understand the whole idea of, you know, Artists should get paid more because artists are underappreciated um, in general, like all across the board, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I think it's weird. I think comedy is a weird thing in, in itself um, because, I mean, just in terms of like the payment and what you do and it's, and comedy is weird or stand-up comedy is weird as in it's, it's, it's like rock and roll, yet it's still a fine art. You know, like it's, you don't, you don't go to a, a fine art museum and you see, and you see something that equates to that almost, you know, it's, it's all fine art. When you go to a performing arts center, it's all, you know, fine performing arts. You know, you don't, even, and yet it's funny, even though, because there's still stand-up comics who perform in 
performing arts centers. Like Sinbad is at performing arts centers all the time, stuff like that, you okay. know? Uh, so it's interesting to to think about that, how like comedy, stand-up comedy makes, is, is a weird bridge in the art world and how you, you see comics at bars and then you see, I had a friend who performed at a, um, a Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, which is a like high caliber art museum it's an all-american art museum it's like a it's a it's worth billions of dollars and he performs stand-up comedy he 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 probably i think like the night before he was in a bar performing a set and then the next night he was at said museum performing another set you know Mm -hmm. like it's funny like stand-up comedy is a weird art form in that regard like how it it is a bridge like in 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 it's being you know in the the bowels of a venue to like the highest of venues almost. So hmm. like whenever you, th- whenever I'm trying to think about like, well, what's stand-up comedy worth and what is, what is that art form worth? And whenever someone goes on stage, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like I can't answer that question. I'm just glad if someone gives me a check or someone gives me money, you know, like for a do- like if someone buys me a beer, that's great. Or someone just laughs. I'm happy. Or someone like gives me some X amount of money. Then I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I don't think I deserve any of that. Almost, you know, in some ways. So be, just because it's stand-up comedy, whereas you go to a gallery and you see a piece of art hanging on the wall and it says like $500 next to it. It's like, I don't know if I had, like, as a, like us at our level, we could go up and just say, oh, that was worth $500. Even though the people who are probably putting that art up in said gallery are maybe at our at our same level. It's like, it's really... I don't. It's it's such a weird thing to wrap my mind around, especially if you're going to make the statement like stand-up comics need to be paid more. It's like, well, do they or or do we understand how? We, I mean, because we don't even understand how this art form really fits in the world of art, almost because it's just this weird organic thing, and it depends on the person. Like Zach Galifianakis isn't going to get paid the same as Ben Roy, you know. Like, not saying that maybe they're both at the same level or that they both don't put out the same product that is just as funny as the other or whatever. It's just, it's different and it pulls a different crowd and it pulls, I, I don't know, it's just, I want I want you to pop in or say something, but <laughs> um, I, just, I just went all over the well, place. Well, for the business, yeah. I mean, I don't know, for, I mean, I don't, I want a future in this career, you know, right. so I'm thinking about, you know, how do we make this better mm-hmm. for when I am at that level, you know, how do I get the best, right. or cultivate the best kind of environment for me to thrive in. Right. Um, and, but I mean, you, so you're selling drinks for the venue. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what comedy is, you know, you're, you're right. at a bar trying to do that, you know, you're trying to, they're, you're entertaining them while they're drinking or right. eating or whatever. So that's kind of, you know, at the club or, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. And I think it, it, it's better for everyone if you can pay someone, you're saying, like, bring a skilled craftsman in mm-hmm. you know so they don't just have like an mc that sucks and an opener that sucks and like you only think the headliner is the good guy right you know so it's like if you bring quality in you, i mean that that brings everything up mm-hmm. and uh, you know a higher quality comedian or someone who knows what they're doing you know more yeah. of a skilled or uh, not a journeyman or you know but like a master at their craft mm-hmm. um will do that better and then yeah. people appreciate it more they'll remember it more you know you're building something that's mm-hmm. memorable and will bring people back yeah uh, long term, so I think I mean I don't you you should pay those people. Those people should get paid because I mean if they know, oh you know whoever Chuck Roy or Ben Roy or whatever yeah. whoever whatever Roy you yeah know? whatever Roy <laughs> um, you know oh this guy's good and I like him you know I've seen him before uh-huh. you know then that's yeah then I want to go see him again yeah and, yeah things like that you know and maybe because what everything you just described kind of reminded me because maybe the maybe the problem isn't so much. Um, like uh, I, I guess I don't know how to how to get into this because 
there there is a problem I think in the format. Whenever you think like whenever you look at it, the MC does probably the hardest job. Sure, they're and there they, the whole time. They're there the whole time, getting the energy. Mm-hmm. They're doing all the grunt work. It's like Brody Stevens being like, you know, yeah, the hype man, exactly, energy people, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then you have your feature who gets paid more to do almost less than the MC did, and then you have the headliner who gets paid more than everybody, and and the headliner gets just it, it, is eating cake all night basically sure. you know yeah they they i mean mm-hmm. but yeah they're, they're the reason people are there they're the reason people are there they're they brand, hopefully their name brought people in you right. know and they are doing their whole hour chunk so i mean right. they they deserve what they get right. you know and whatever and, and not to it's... say that a, that a headliner doesn't put in the work to deserve that sure granted i have seen some headliners and i'm like how did you know, i don't under, i don't <laughs> quite understand yeah where the feature was so this is much better yeah, 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 name yeah, some yeah. names in the base yeah right <laughs> I I can probably couldn't name that name. Well, like maybe I could if I thought about it for a second. But the the really the thought is um, uh, when you look at like the pay scale and then the workload in some regards, like it's almost kind of unfairly skewed in that regards. Um, and what I've heard, and I haven't seen a set done this way or a show done this way, but the Canadian model, the way it's always the Canadian model with anything is so much better, right? But the our brothers to the north, yeah, right. But the, <laughs> right on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, alrighty. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> so how do we do it up how do there we do in it, Ontario? Huh? Eh? Yeah, though they they the headliner opens the show, and the headliner is the MC. And the headliner gets everyone going, starts it all off, bang, bang, boom, boom, boom. Does uh-huh. maybe maybe does ten minutes off the top. And then, and then brings on the first comedian who would have been the MC, maybe like the least skilled, the least, uh, the least ready to to like, uh, or the least seasoned is what I should say. And he'll he or she will go up and do you know five ten minutes or something, and and then we'll go off. The headliner brings it back up and does everything and does their set, and then brings on the feature act who does maybe twenty minutes, and then the headliner comes up and finishes it all off with another twenty to thirty minutes. And it it kind of makes sense that whenever you think about it that way, it's like their show, it's their show, it's I, owning it. Yeah. yeah, I like. I always thought, or I and I always think like if if I ever get to a, a level where I could be, you know, the headliner, then I would like to do it that way. I think because what you're talking about, you want to create a better future, a better you know, a better environment, and like cultivate you know better better comics, better pay, right. et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, it kind of makes sense to me to adopt that model in that regard because like then you're helping comics grow you're helping them because you can only you can only do so much with like a two-minute set there's only so much you can do with a three-minute set you know right and granted but there are lessons to be learned in doing that and and being able to shoot off and say a joke really quick and get them on your side that fast and and getting them on your train of thought so you can do whatever you need to do for three minutes and um but at the same time to be able to have uh say see have freaking who's who's uh like Pete Davidson, for example, like he was here last weekend, uh, and say say he started the whole show off, I mean, and then like Doug Benson kind of does it this way. Like that's a better example. Doug Benson will start, will walk off in a show, and he just starts it, like he just does it himself, and like and everyone's into it, and everyone's excited, and like the 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 level is up here, and everyone's right. like, yeah, this is great. The there he is. See. This is the guy I came to see, and I'm like totally into it. And then Doug tells me to listen to this guy. Sure, I'll do whatever Doug tells me to do. I'm gonna listen to this guy for a right, while. Doug's sure. gonna come back out. This is gonna be great. You know, like I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna laugh, and this is cool, and I'm gonna buy my drinks and do my thing, and then oh, Doug's back out. This is oh, great. What a great yeah. night. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah having a great. good time. Yeah, like and that's how Doug does his show. Like he starts off he, and like, and it's it's a different show, and I appreciate it for that, and it's such a cool way for that to happen. Granted, he doesn't uh, like he he has like this. I can't remember. I I feel so bad. I can't remember the guy's name that he tours with, and that is on a lot of his podcasts. I should I should know. I have um, no idea. 
I'm so bad with names. It's terrible. I'm glad I do the open mic on Sundays because it helps me remember and learn everyone's names and all the newcomers and trying to keep up with everything. Sure. Um, it's the Bicycle Cafe yeah. on Sundays oh, just plug at 9.30. Yeah. 9.30? 9.30. Yeah, it yeah. starts at 9.30. $2 shift cans, $3 top boys, and a dollar off drafts after 10. So yeah, that's, it's, a, that's been a very successful mic so far. I'm so we'll happy that it's it gone keeps so well. Going, yeah. yeah. Sunday's been a bear for a little bit. You know, there's kind of a yeah. hole after Kinga's left. And Kinga's then, uh, and the Matchbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah Max, there was a vacuum and you guys yeah. really came in and, uh, and helped fill plugged it. up that I'm hole. I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, and, and it just it, all the comics that show up make that mic so special. Oh, they so like great. it because there's like, some civilians there too, you know? Yeah. That, that's, it's uh, really special how that the, happens. The venue stays mm-hmm. open late for it and everything and it's so nice to have the, the people into it like yeah the, the bartenders are into it they were always Bartender, talking to yeah. me about stuff afterwards and like they because they're they're always back there paying attention and laughing and then they're ready to talk about whatever yeah, it's definitely like and, a treat for them like they're yeah. into it i'm like wow guys you guys yeah. <laughs> must be boring here for you guys or something oh but they're so into it i'm like what what's going on yeah in your guys? <laughs> what's what's really going on you know throughout the rest of the day right something. but no that's great that's yeah. it's a it's a great mic you should check it out so um yeah. Anyway, so going anyway. back to the comedy work. So people, the the club doesn't get upset that Benson brings in his own thing and MCs his own show because that takes away work from the local guy that you know right. would be emceeing. That probably could have been emceeing. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, it would have been cool. It, it'd be cool like if Doug Benson brought on that you know almost famous lister like on who would the, be the MC. That who would have been the MC just to like just to give him or give him or her. Uh, you know, five to ten minutes, just to, like in that environment. How cool is that? You know, like yeah. And and you know, I mean, if you're one of, if we talking about making the future better and making the environment better, like that's like a great way to do it. Like the the seasoned people give those who are not seasoned opportunities to learn. Like sure. the perfect prime real estate to learn in and to grow and to build and to make mistakes. Like you can make a mistake and you can, but the crowd will still be on your side in a situation like right. that. Where if you, if you started off on, you're the cold, you know, you're the cold yeah, open. They're already here not to see they're, you. They, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're yeah. not, they're not part of it. Where's you know? Doug? Where's, you know? come on, let's get onto the, yeah, let's and get onto the real and show. And then this guy isn't that good or yeah. whatever. You, you're already going, coming in at a disadvantage. So exactly. if you don't live up to their whatever. Right. It, se- it seems like that would be a perfect way to, to help build a scene and to build the comedy community in so many different ways and get people better at this X, Y, and Z. And then they can go out and then they say, yeah, like I worked with Doug Benson. Like it's so much, they can be like, I actually worked with Doug Benson and I, you know, maybe like my product will be better because of it. Open for this person, that person, like my product will be better because of it. And then that person will be like, yeah, here, you know, I'll, instead of paying you what I would have paid you like 50 bucks, like I'll give you $75, you know, like or give you 50 bucks and like pay for your, you know, for some gas for you or something. Yeah. Like stuff like that, which is because the, because ultimately the product was better. So if you can find ways to make the product better across the board, then then yeah, maybe maybe you can you know be able to uh, negotiate the price increase for sure. what you're worth. And granted, and then you can be like, well, sure, like, uh, and then the, that's the issue. Then uh, there's still that person that would do it for free. It's like, well, that person that did it for free was not working with Doug Benson. Sure, you know, or it like, doesn't have the experience. Doesn't that have, I have blah, yeah, blah, blah. exactly stuff like that. And so, I mean, and it's always it's very gray. It's very gray area, yeah, stuff like that. But you know, even even I, I still don't believe in that scenario and that situation. Like you can argue um, that uh, oh, I had it and I lost it because I'm looking at the High Plains poster of T.J. Miller. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, um, 
I, I mean, I had it. I lost it. I don't know. Right. Oh, I, I yeah. kind of. I don't know if you are in f- or for artists getting paid for their work or not. I don't know. I feel I, like I feel, we're, you're I right mean, in this I, real gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I I like to live in the gray area sometimes. Oh well, yeah, I that's guess. life. I guess yeah. Because yeah. I don't. I mean, artists should get paid more, but artists have to put out the proper product. There you have it. Roger says yeah. Ar- <laughs> artists should get paid more. Everybody, <laughs> you're gonna just cut out that last part. <laughs> that's the sand bite. Um, <laughs> so you're in. You're you're. Mm-hmm. You work at Comedy Works, so you're in the green room. You're recording sets. You're you're mm-hmm. working the audio. You're taking tickets. Yeah, I'm I'm and I'm working during the day. I've seen you in the kitchen. Yeah, I'm in the kitchen slinging out stuff. sliders, and I'm all over the place yeah, over there. You're very. Uh, I'm answering phones, and I'm geez, I'm 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 doing all I'm doing all of it. It's it's a lot of fun. I do enjoy it. I'm working all of the time, um, but at the same time, I'm working all the time at one of the coolest places to sure. you know. It's it's so cool, like to for Dave Chappelle just to pop in and be like, "Oh, cool, Dave Chappelle's here tonight," or you can see like Craig Ferguson, or you can see the Sklar Brothers next week, or Doug Benson, or Pete Davidson, or uh, would have seen Nick Thune this weekend, but he ended up having to cancel last minute, which oh, wow. stinks because I look just like him. We posted a picture oh, yeah. of me sitting right next to the poster, looking doing the exact same pose and everything, and. And uh, Nick Thune ended up liking it on Instagram, and it was really funny. Hey. So I was so excited to, like, Halloween weekend, like, oh, I'm dressed as Nick Thune this weekend, and yeah. and I make a whole joke, but it, it didn't happen that time. <laughs> it stinks. But no, like, I love working I love working at Comedy I think all the people who, who work there and do, like, do all the admin work, who work all the stuff at night, you know, and all the comics who are there, I think they're all great. I think they're wonderful people. And it's, I mean, that's why you got to work, like, you can put in the long hours there just because... Because it's such great people, they're so wonderful, and there's and like Deacon is such a great guy. It's so cool to talk with him, and I, on my new talent nights, he's given me some cool and needed advice and like needed confidence build since I've moved out here from Arkansas, and and um, and it's and he's yeah, it's it's it, it kind of befuddles me and it weirds me out for for people to talk poorly of comedy works in that regard or like it's just it's such a it's a great place. I mean, I mean they're they're poor things to say about any place and no place is perfect don't get sure. me wrong like every every business and every institution or any organization has its pitfalls but at the end of the day like i'm so glad that i work there and i'm so glad for the, to be with those people and to, to see what i get to see and learn and glean from all of that and like watching those sets and re- listening to it on the recordings and seeing it on the youtube page before it actually gets put up or things like that it's 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 really cool being being at like where the heart's beating for comedy in Denver. Um, yeah, because it, it's really. I mean, though you could you could use that analogy for all sorts of things. Like, I mean, because Sexpot does so much, and that you could say that they're a big you know pulse for for Denver comedy. And same thing for anything that's on fifty two eighty and things that are happening at the Improv. Even like, I'm not going to talk poorly of the Improv. You know, I think they. I think I, it's all great stuff around here. It's. A, I mean, that's why everyone's gravitating and coming here for comedy. Like. People, I mean, a lot of ways, this is the new Austin in terms of comedy. Where Austin, along like several years ago, was was experiencing what Denver's experiencing with this influx of comedians. And when I went to visit Austin, I think I was thinking it was like three years ago. I visited Austin, and their their open mic scene was insane. There were way more comics than there were open mics, and you would have a mic that only had enough room for twenty people. Everyone getting a three minute set. And um, and they have five standbys, and fifty to sixty people show up to every single mic, and that's what and that, and almost every mic is just like that. And if you don't, and if you go over your three minutes, you're you're not allowed to come back for two weeks. And that's because Fuck. it's it's that strict over there because they had that much of an influx, and that's what 
Denver's kind of experiencing now, from what I understand, what I've been told. I talked to some Austin people who came up and visited here, and we talked about it, and they said, yeah, that's, like, what you guys are going through is what we went through so many years ago, and, and, this, and, and like, that's what all their open mics have turned into. It's, like, everyone gets a light, and everyone gets a three-minute set, and every, every, if it's, like, a sign-up at X amount of time, list gets posted. It's, it's almost like how, because Deacon runs the strict, like, like, as it should be, a strict mic over at uh, New Talent Night. Um, Austin Mike's you're not necessarily calling in all the time don't get me sure. wrong but you know you do like you are going to go up there are there's a standby list and he does post a list of the order right before like you know 15 minutes before and that's what it's like almost at every single mic in Austin and it's just huh. nuts um uh but yeah I mean Denver's become this just this new cool hub for comedy where people is like well I could go to Chicago or I could go to this place well, I could go to Denver Denver's the the bomb like it's got all this stuff happening all these cool people are stopping by Dave Chappelle's hanging around you got all this high plains comedy festival as you see as we see over here on the <laughs> on the posters over yeah, here the posters like, up. yeah I mean all these cool people come to Denver all the time like why wouldn't you want to come to Denver it's it's easy. It's really cool. So um, I can't remember how we got into that either. I mean, I'm, I'm working. I work at Comedy Works, yeah. and that's the heartbeat. But you can make the argument all these other places. No, I mean yeah. that's the thing that's bringing everybody. I mean, everyone talks mm-hmm. about Comedy Works. I, I think it's fair to say that that's the heart, and the rest are yeah. You know, it's it's really kind of why I ended up moving here. I was I was looking. I wanted to get out of Arkansas. Like I wanted. I had been in Arkansas for most all of my life, and it's really all I had known. And I'm doing I, comedy for how long? I did comedy for there for about two two and a half years okay and then and i got my i did my third year here did you uh work at the club there or anything like that well um man there's we're getting a whole story then there's a whole story to get i'll I'll say the one quick thing real fast and then we can get into that story because the thought was i was trying to i was thinking about moving and i was i looked at all the places on my list of where to move and i looked at their comedy clubs and i compared them to comedy works oh and, okay and i just thought and I, when i looked at comedy works's list of people they're bringing in i was just like shit i this is this is the place like i got to go to denver like it's a no brainer at that point like yeah, if that's the standard you're yeah. judging everything else too i really yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but when you're com- when you're comparing Cleveland to Denver, then there's there's you know uh. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what Cleveland's about. They're about rock and roll. Yeah, they are about Cleveland. And Cleveland's a cool town. Like it's a cool town. It's 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 a it's a hard town. It's a rough town. It's in the Rust Belt and everything. But it's it's a cool city. And like I have a soft spot for Cleveland. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've seen the Drew Carey yeah. show. Yeah, Cleveland rocks. It, it does. <laughs> Cleveland does rock. It rocks quite a bit. They have an, an an insane art museum out there too. If, if, if you can't tell, I'm a big into art museums. Okay. But, um, they have this just amazing art museum where they have like with Monets and Picassos, and it's just it's absolutely incredible. Uh, so if you're ever in Cleveland, go to the Cleveland Art Museum because it's holy shit. It's it's mind blowing. Um, but yeah, so that I mean, looking at the Comedy Works lineup is what made me decide to like I got well was one of the last big pushes. Being like, okay, this is where I'm moving to. Um, yeah, so, okay, then back to your other question with Arkansas and what was going on there. Um, we didn't have the, the the history of comedy in northwest Arkansas. Where I'm from is Fayetteville, which is the home of the hogs and the college town and, and everything. Uh, it's it's really like just a tiny mountain town in comparison out here. Like It's, it's, like, it's like the tiny mountain towns like throughout um, – uh, like when you're driving through and going to like Idaho like Springs. Silverthorne. Yeah, stuff like that. And like um, – like Breckenridge in some regards. And so Fayetteville, Arkansas is a really cool town. In the 90s, there used to be a club 
um, but it it fell it fell to the wayside and and um, what happened so. Whenever I, before I even started comedy, there wasn't a club, there wasn't anything going on really, uh, and I got a job. I got this really cool job at an event venue on the on the in the entertainment district, like on the main strip. On it's called on Dixon Street is the name of the street. It's like this cool street, all the bars, all the music and entertainment, the art center and stuff like that. It's all on that one strip, on that one strip, on that one street, and and it kind of spreads a little bit throughout onto the square and stuff. It's really it's a really cool little town about 70,000, 120,000 people when school is in session. And I got this cool job as the general manager of an event venue. And I was mainly going to, I was going to be handling public events and like day-to-day operations. And and I was trying to think of what to do. And the thought came to me, like, well, there's no comedy here because I could, I could do music or I could do this, but that's what everyone else is doing. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing because how am I going to get people into this venue and to this place by doing the exact same thing that everyone else is doing on the strip? So I just thought, the thought got into my head to do stand-up comedy. And then one day this guy, uh, shortly after that thought, this guy knocks on the door. His name is Troy Giddings. He's become my best, one of my absolute best friends. Uh, knocked on the door and just said, hey, I'm, I'm a stand-up comic and I'm, we're thinking about maybe doing a show here. And I just thought, holy shit, I was just thinking about we should do stand-up comedy here. So we turned that place. We had Thursday nights were always open mics, and I started working with uh, Funny Business with uh, the Yoders and bringing in – we brought in people like um, – we brought the in – The Yoders? Yeah. They're, they're – um, uh, the Yoders are just these – are these um, – uh, promote not promoters, they're agents. They're the booking agents that handle all the talent, and uh, they they work with people like Sinbad and um, Roy Scovel. Doug Stanhope, stuff like that. And we brought in actually all of those people. We brought well, almost brought in Sinbad. Uh, but we brought in we brought in Doug Stanhope and Tom Green. We brought in uh, who else did we bring in? We brought in we brought in Roy Scovel. Uh, I'm lo- I'm losing it. We brought in uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, Bobby Kelly. Uh, these aren't necessarily all the comedians I brought in because uh, that and that's a, another story. But we brought in these really cool names and we brought in these regional headliners like AJ Finney and Mike Smith and um, and uh, Paul Hooper and Kristen uh, Kristen Key, like they were all so they're great. We brought in Tim Northern too. Like uh, he comes here to Denver a lot. I don't know if you've known Tim Northern yet. Yeah, no, I he's cool. He'll he'll Jeff Albright and him hook up a lot, and they do stuff with Sexpot all the time. And cool. Uh, so we brought in all these cool comics, and it was it was just really cool time. And um, I ended up quitting that job because I was working a hundred hours a week and I was miserable. Like my life was just falling apart around me. And so I had to quit. And then a friend, my friend, Sam Letchworth ended up taking over that job and helped bring in, excuse me, help bring in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of those comedians I mentioned, like mainly like Bobcat Goldthwait and Doug Stanhope and Bobby Kelly brought in those people. Um, I brought in Carlos Mencias, who I brought in. <laughs> and, like, and then, like, a lot of regional headliners and a lot of regional acts and uh, was working on bringing Sinbad. And right before, like, I was... And that's what ended up making me quit because I was just thinking, like, I'm working 100 hours a week and here I have the contract of, like, with of Sinbad here right next to me and I could, I could sign my name next to Sinbad and commit this venue to this show so many months out that's going to cost so much money. And, like, I don't... I mean... I, I should quit this job. Like, I'm, I can't, like, I was just miserable, like, thinking, like, I'm going to work 100 hours a week, so many more weeks to get to that commitment that I can't in, like, good, more, like, good thought, like, uh, whatever the phrase is. I can't, I can't just. In good conscience. Good conscience, yeah, and good conscience just, like, leave this venue with, just, like, with that, that problem that they have to make sure that they sell out the room for Sinbad. And I just, I'm just not going to, I can't do this. So I ended up quitting, but I missed 
comedy and I missed everyone on that stage and all my friends that I'd made so much that I just, I wanted to go back, but I couldn't go back as like the general manager, like the, the old general manager who quit his job. And like, now he's the weird guy that hangs out in the back of the club. (laughs) I gotta, if I'm going to do it, I gotta go on that stage. That's the only way. And so that, and so that's what I did. And then I just fell in love. Like I realized like, Oh, it's because I've wanted to do stand up comedy that that's why I was putting so much energy into making this happen. So now I'm, then I started doing, and it was also part of my way of healing because I had been, I just been beating myself up. I worked with, um, I mean, I should probably shouldn't say it. I was just miserable. I just, the people around me that I was working with were, were not helping me very much like in, in my like emotional well-being and my mental well-being. And I just thought, and that's what, that's ultimately like also what pushed me over the edge. The people at this job or just the people in your at, life? At the job, okay. really. Um, it's also why I'm not saying the name of the venue either, but. Um, okay, yeah. So I was yeah. like, wait, did you ever na- name this place or like? <laughs> I didn't say it because I didn't, I, w- I knew I was probably going to get to that point. Okay. But I mean, it's all true. And if someone wants to, or if they want to call me back on it and say like, well, you shouldn't have said this. Like, well, you know, I'm not saying anything that's not true. And I'm not trying to hurt you guys or anything i'm just sure. this is what happened to me and so i ended up leaving but i but it was also so it was part of my healing process that everything i'd gone through is like going up and telling jokes in that same venue like being there and telling finding finding joy in that place again and getting joy back into myself again and it was such a such a cool experience and such a great way to heal and to get better and then and I just got stuck on it ever since then and and because of that I got to open up for some really cool people and and because they're you know they're we're all we're this this really tight collective of comics that we were doing stuff in Arkansas going to Tulsa doing stuff going up and around to Kansas City and down to Fort Smith and down to Little Rock and it was really great and I I mean I have so many fond memories of that and so yeah that's how that's kind of what I got like that's me getting into comedy I guess that's um Though my first set was a uh, was a best man's speech, it was a best man's toast, and and that was that was. <laughs> How did the audience like that? Huh? Oh man, they actually loved that one. It okay. Was, God, well, I I always start off my best man toast with uh, giving him a cantaloupe because you just got married and cantaloupe, and that's that's what I do every time. It's which is I think that's like a it's it's my dad's joke that my dad would say all the time. So like I do it like remembering him, and so I give a cantaloupe to the and you. <laughs> that was your opener. That right? was that's always my opener. <laughs> so you had a cantaloupe. I always with have you. a like, cantaloupe. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, who's the guy with the the yeah with the watermelon? Car- car- oh yeah, I'm Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, you're like Gallagher. I'm Gallagher too. Go. Is who I am. I'm Gallagher. Oh, all right, got it. <laughs> um, oh, I I brought that up because I was like, do you yeah. think working at the club? Uh, mm-hmm hurts your comedy at all or like keeps you from uh doing anything uh comedy uh right why is that way because i mean do people see you as like the guy who works there or the mm-hmm. guy the comic i mean i don't know is there like a differentiate i mean differentiation i don't different- know i think i think what i get i'm seen as is the is the the weird guy who likes comedy who works at the club like he he likes comedy enough to do stand-up comedy but he works at the club because and my problem is i work at the club so much i can't do open mics as much as I would like to, which is why I have the, the Denver Bicycle Cafe open mic that's on Sundays at 9.30 with a, with a $2 shift can. <laughs> but, I mean, that's why we had to do, like, I needed to start doing that mic, and I did it with James. I'm, start, I'm doing it with James Zhang, like, and I have to talk about him, too. Like, he, he and I, he, he's such a great guy, and he's a funny guy, and, we're, and we, do, we do that mic together for the same reasons. Like, we need to, we need to have our own set-aside time where we know we're going to go out, where Comedy Works knows that, like, that we have this time that we need to be off and stuff like that. So we can actually go off and do comedy and be a part of the scene. So, I mean, I think what hurts about being, or 
the the hard part about being in the club or what maybe like hurts my like perception or how people perceive me is like I look like the guy that likes stand up comedy enough to do mics from time to time who but he's just he's in the club and he's like trapped or he just like he's delusional and he thinks he's gets this and that and whatever that's how that's <laughs> I how I feel that, like but, uh... I don't I don't think I'm seen as the comic or anything like that I think I'm seen as the guy who works at the club who's a little delusional. I think huh. is how I is how I kind of okay. feel I'm perceived, but then again I'm I, I'm the transplant too, like the new guy into the scene stuff. Though I don't like to see think of myself as a transplant, like like a, Californians are transplants. You know, I'm I'm from Arkansas. I'm more of like a refugee. I'm trying to escape. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. comedy refugee. <laughs> doing bits, doing quick little bits, but um, uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, this, uh I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's weird working at the club, and I think it's helped me some in in a lot of ways. Because uh, I see how they work on how comics work on that stage and comedy works, but it hurts and that I'm not out in the on the mics either a practicing what I've seen or b learning what it takes to get through the mic scene, right? You know, to get into the showcases, to get from the showcases to the better showcases, to like going to whatever like Wyoming or going over to this place or that place and like and actually doing more stuff, stuff that I'm kind of more used to have, having done in Arkansas. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to be the guy that goes and like asks for gigs and asks for, you know, you don't want to be the guy that asks. Yeah. You want to be the guy that's like, "Hey, you know, like I it like it 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 it, it made me feel so good and flattered like whenever you said like, "Oh, I'd love to have you on the podcast." I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool cuz like I would I want I will I wanted to be on here, but I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to be that guy. So, like, you offering it made meant the world to me. Like, I, like I'm so glad to be here and to be doing this and to actually be. I feel bad because I. Well, I know the podcast is about me talking so much, but I also like want to know about you. But I'm sure your listeners and everyone that listens <laughs> yeah, knows plenty about you, right? Yeah. So, well, what I'm gonna have to do to to to, to supplement all that <laughs> is that I'm going to have to buy you to one or two. Well, yeah, listen to the whole catalog. Uh, buy you one or two beers so we can just sit and like we can bullshit and then I can I can actually be the one asking you questions and learning about you so I can get you know better in touch and et cetera et cetera because I feel I <laughs> I do feel guilty and I feel bad I'm talking so much and I no but this I'm is flattered this is I'm for flattered you. yeah right right well I appreciate that you're flattered yeah um no one listens to it, just so you know. <laughs> no, that's not true but um uh. <laughs> I'm sure there there are plenty of listeners. I'm sure people listen to this, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. They've got, they've got yeah. some some downloads. <laughs> anyway, uh No, I mean it's it's uh-huh. rough. I mean there's a there's a balance trying to be that you're trying to strike. Uh mm-hmm. for me as well, you know, like you want to let people know you're out there, you're doing better. You don't want yeah. them to see you as this open micer anymore right. that like sucked. Right. You know, and uh, you know, like you want to prove to them I can do I can do this. Let me I'm, give me a chance. Put me yeah. in, coach. Put me give in, me, coach. Yeah, and yeah. uh you know, there are a lot of comics that are like gatekeepers for their own shows and things right. like that. But, and as you know, they should be, and they should sure. be, and they they have to, you know, pr- protect their own baby. Like, and I don't blame them for that. And so, and continue. I didn't. <laughs> I was. I interrupted you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. But that's its own scene, you know. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're saying you had to get out into the open mic scene. Yeah. Because I mean, you'd think you know, oh, you're in it because you're at Comedy Works, but that's like on this, you know, this whole different realm of that's right. its own thing. Yeah. You know, it and is. so you know. Being out in the scene, being seen, and you know, just being around and like people seeing your face is such a big part of yeah, it. The being part of thing. the community and helping build the community by right. either you giving your jokes and your art, or by helping by being a gatekeeper by creating a show or creating a mic or creating this and like yeah. and being able to give that to the community and stuff like that. So it's 
it is it is strange. It is hard to find that balance, and and I get I get envious of of so many of my friends like you, like envious of you guys being able to actually go out all the time, and and here I am like click cleaning up all the the, the glasses and the <laughs> oh. and the food trays, you know, throwing stuff away while I can't. And by the time I'm done, it's Tuesday night, eleven thirty, and mutiny's about. Like finished, done, and yeah. so I feel bad, like because I, I hate to be the guy that shows up late. But I, now I'm, as I'm doing the mic, and and as I've done more mics, I understand like, well, showing up late isn't necessarily you know rude to do. Like no, to, yeah, yeah. If they understand, you know, oh, I just got off from the club, you know, communicating. Yeah. Be, but that's all part of you know. You have to work your way into the scene. You have to be seen. Yeah. People have to like see that you know you're trying, and, they, and then you can be like, hey, you're trying and you care. Yeah, like yeah. hey, I'm sorry. You know, just communicating with the guy who runs it. You know, like yeah. I just got off work. You know, I was doing that at, with uh, Wayman's mic for a long time. Yeah. Like I wasn't getting off work when he did the uh blue bonnet one right. you know i would get off half hour usually before uh mm-hmm. the mic ended and i'd right. always show up at the tail end and you know but i communicated with him and he was so super nice He's to cool. just be accommodating about That's it cool. and you know i was just like the closer at that at that yeah. mic you know always how it ended up being which is a little frustrating sometimes because sometimes no one would be there you know and mm-hmm. it um that's not the most conducive for ma- doing your jokes but right. uh you know it's also stage time and he's very is- gracious for letting me do that and I'm always appreciate, appreciative of you, Wayman. Yeah. Not that he listens. Uh, <laughs> Wayman, if you listen to this, just uh, come up to me and say, renegade. All right, then I'll know you listened. Yeah. Which he won't, because no one ever d- listens to podcasts. I feel like I'm the only one that I, listens to other people's podcasts, right? and I want to talk to them about it, and yeah. they get weird about, to me about you're like, talking, what? like, what are you, you, know, you listen to? <laughs> like, I'm the weirdo for like, it's not like I went up and I was like, I listened to you in my, or you whispered in my ears. Yeah. I'm, I'm going like to, the last hour. I'm going to go to, when I see Matt Wayman next time, I'm going to tell him <laughs> to whisper that. in your ear, renegade and i'm not going to tell him any context and then renegade? i'm just did i say renegade. That? i already yeah, forgot renegade. the word yeah so so it's all i'm just going to tell him to whisper some random word in your ear is all i'm going to do no context not explain why you and then right. yeah then <laughs> but uh anyway so but i mean what I, what i was trying to get out with this whole thing i feel yeah. like we go off on tangents i mean which you, i'm i'm glad which, it's right, fun yeah. <laughs> it's fun but uh what i was gonna ask Hopefully like, you have to listeners. ask at a certain point yeah i think like uh and this is something i've been kind of battling with because like i've never i haven't been on too much fun and I feel uh-huh. like everyone else that I start I've started with, is uh, mm-hmm. gotten on that show. Oh yeah. And uh, sometimes you know it's probably because, you know, they're going out to the Squire every Tuesday, and like right. I kind of stopped going to the Squire because right. it's like right. I don't feel like it's beneficial for me to do that. It's it's what you're what you're kind of talking about is kind of like back in elementary school whenever you liked a girl, but you didn't <laughs> want to talk to the girl that you like. You want to talk to the friend. That like you can't let them know. Yeah, you got like ask the friends like, hey, does do, do you think so and so? Or like, well, you ask your friend to ask the other mutual friend to find out about the girl that you like, and so that's kind of what you got to do. I think you gotta you gotta find someone who's a friend with with you know whomever. I, I mean, this is how bad I am. I don't know who does too much fun. Is it talent? Is yeah, talent? the fine gentleman. Fine that. gentleman. So same yeah. talent. Yeah, uh, so, Nathan London, right, Bobby right, right. Crane. Um, uh, Cause you want to just be cool. You yeah, you want to be cool. cool. You want to be, cool. be like, you know, hey, you know, just like I'm around. Hey, I really like, like you. Know, I want to be on. I want to be on. But then at the same time, you be my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a we're making some big leaps here. Big old leaps. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to commit to this relation or to this show for the right. next, you know, 
three months. Yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll take it out. What, what I'll if, take it out for a night on the town, you know, show it a good time, yeah. get it some wine, yeah. you know, steak dinner. Wine and dine it. And then probably never call it again, yeah. you know, or at least not for another three months. But you can't let, you can't let too much fun know that that's what you want. That, that's your intention. <laughs> what my intentions are. Too wanna... much fun wants to know that you're in it for no, the long haul, that I maybe think... you're a potential candidate for, for, you know, for future considerations, right? I think I'm, <laughs> well, I'm trying to fight this thing. I want to be the guy that, you know, that is fearless and being like, hey, I'm going to take you out and then I'm going to make sweet sweet love to you mm. all right that's what i want to do to too much fun all yeah. right and i've i have the confidence right now where i feel like i can do that yeah but you know that we're talking about them sam being talent to listen to well, this, stop telling to this. Sam, don't tell people to listen because that's like, like that's weird i thought we're supposed to tell people to listen that's to this weird podcast, well right? I mean, what is what is yeah. that's how sam talent books you he's like so i listened to your podcast and if you, all you had to do was ask well that's <laughs> something he said in his talking shop was like come and ask me about yeah. why you you know, whatever. Well, he was talking more about like beef or if you think I don't like you or something like that. But all I was getting at is like, I think sometimes you do have to ask because yeah. they're just thinking about you. They might not necessarily not yeah. like you or whatever. They just overlook you because yeah. you're not there all the time. Yeah. And they're constantly they trying to like book people yeah. and the people who are around. Kind of like, it's kind of like you're, you're me whenever I was going into my voice lessons with all my anxiety attacks. Yeah, and you're like, get oh, out of my oh, own way. Just, yeah. You got to get out of your own way. You just got to hang out for a week and then. You got to do it. Just gotta go. I'm like, sure. Oh, you know what? Who cares? I'll just ask him. I'll just do it. Yeah, I and whatever just happens, ask. happens. All this right. Week. If I see one of them tonight, <laughs> I'm just gonna ask. Them. And and if it happens, if it, if it does go through, then uh, you you gotta you gotta admit that it was like it was you getting you, you gotta, gotta get ask. out of your way. Gotta get out of your own way. Yeah, but then but then, then you're also setting yourself up yeah. for so much like putting it like, hey, I think I'm good enough to do this. Yeah. Well, give me a chance. So that's just a higher pedestal to fall off right. of. It's true. Or maybe don't frame it that way. Just maybe I'm maybe go to Sam Talent and just say, hey, so, I mean, I don't know if you've ever considered me. I, I would like to be considered. Wow. I understand. That's very professional of you. I Look understand. At this. Yeah, right. You're auditioning it's, for shoot, man. It's because, uh, I don't, yeah, so it's like, I hope I could be considered for this. But I, I understand if I understand put that. my name in the Graciously hat. put it in. And uh, if, if you do have, con- like, criticism for me to help me get better so I can be on your show... I'd like to do that because I see your show as as a benchmark for me. Like I'd like that. I'd like to hit that benchmark, and whatever it takes to be at that benchmark, I'd like to that to happen. I'm gonna and I'd like you to be my resource. Yeah, just listen back to it and just uh, you and just read for like hold it, hold it as a <laughs> Sam script. I'd like to say something, Sam, and I pull out a piece of paper on the back. <laughs> I would like to be considered. <laughs> <laughs> I would be humbled. Or was it like when uh, Luca Brazzi was uh, doing the speech for uh, The Godfather at the beginning? Ah, there you go. I'm honored and grateful. <laughs> May your first child be a masculine child. Uh, just do that. Just say just say that I, to him. And I'm sure Santana will understand. He'll be like, yeah, okay. Or Nathan Lennon will be uh, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm honored and grateful <laughs> that you would invite me to your wedding, to your home, on the day your daughter is to be wed. Something like that. I was really into and then Godfather. Sam Talent just like after you after you go through the whole the whole thing. He's probably he's, on shrooms right now. Oh, okay, probably let's on just shrooms. Say this, let's yeah. say yeah. He, on, he, oh. After he does, after you go through the whole spiel, he'll just he'll just come up to your ear and just whisper, "Renegade, renegade, renegade," renegade. meaning that oh he listened God. to this whole I thing would, and then he'll no. just. <laughs> um, no, those guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are a benchmark. I mean, that is the yeah. that is the best one of the best show, if not mm-hmm. the best weekly showcase in town. Seems um, like. It maybe not maybe just the best show after the Grolics left and everything you know like that's right. the biggest show right I mean they get the, the biggest name Chappelle walked in one day that's fucking crazy it's huge and uh, so I don't know I'd be honored and grateful I guess is all I'm saying mm-hmm. no um, but uh, no so you're talking about you know you're flattered me I yeah. just needed to know that you were interested in being in the on the podcast right. like I feel like there you know that's just 
And, know, may, and maybe that's weird. what that's what you know. The that's all they need, need, right? Yeah, yeah but I put them know. all on this pedestal. That's yeah. uh, something I'm working on in yeah. therapy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> are Not you, putting are you, people on pedestals right. is a is a real is, real weird thing. Yeah, and then asking for I, what I want sexually. You know, those uh, things usually go hand in hand. Well, you know, both of those, I guess. <laughs> you know, it, it makes more sense when I'm in <laughs> when I'm on the couch talking to a different. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Can't I just throw I, those I think, two things I think out here. And, and both situations need to end with "I am, I am honored." <laughs> I'm both honored and grateful. Um, <laughs> after you, after you ask what you got, what you wanted sexually. Oh my god! I just had this. You, <laughs> no way. So, so I ask, and then the next scene is when he gets he gets whacked. Oh, they, that's they, right. They like put a, a knife through. Bobby Crane puts a knife through my hand. Uh, and I start screaming. Yeah. Nathan Lund, gra- you know, <laughs> chokes me out from behind with a fucking uh, piano wire. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's definitely the end scene that's right there. Definitely. That's how and then, me and then for the, your sexual needs that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> well, you, those, you'll, that's you'll, hand in hand. That's both. Yeah, it is. You'll, you'll wake up in the morning uh, after said sexual things happen, and you'll have a, a horse's head in your well, bed. I'd be next sleeping to you. with that's, the fishies at that uh, point. That, oh, that, that makes right. that makes sense. Too. Gosh, did you have you even seen the Godfather hack? I have. Okay, I'm just. I have. The horse thing happens in Godfather. Yeah, but not right? to Luca Brazzi. Oh, okay. oh well, anyway. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bad. I'm really bad with when I, movies. That's the movie director, my yeah. kraut Mick friend. Mm. I just, you know, I didn't know that was a racial slur until I said that to someone else oh, in really? school. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's not that's cool." That's not. That's a. I remember yeah. I was in. I was in. <laughs> me and my buddy Andrew loved the Godfather, <laughs> and we were in hit ma- in history class. Yeah. And uh, He would say something to me, and I'd be like, "Hey, buffongu, huh?" And then my teacher, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just knew that's something they said, and. uh one of my teachers goes, I've seen The Godfather too, J- Jesse. Don't say that. Don't say Stop that. Stop screaming things. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this earlier today, which is so funny because I remembered um, my third grade teacher finding out what the shocker meant, like the hand. Oh. But, and she was accidentally doing it in front of all of us third graders. <laughs> And, like, and third like, graders knew it, and she didn't. I think like I think one of the third graders went up and talked to her, but like everyone, she was like, <laughs> he took it upon himself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like she was just saying like, I just saw someone do it. What does this even mean? Why are kids like doing this? This this is weird. I don't even like. And then went to her desk. Like she just and had her. Like, and then, I got this. And then, I'm yeah, gonna <laughs> teach you today, ma'am. <laughs> the weirdest thing to be taught. Yeah, what is this? Is the coolest third grader? <laughs> the coolest, or, like the most or, white trash kid. Or, the, or someone that needs to be sent to, yeah. you know, child protective services. Yeah, definitely in sex Yeesh. therapy at this point. Yeah, <laughs> right? Gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's wild. Yeah, so, yeah, putting, you're talking about putting people on a pedestal. I I have that. I, I should have. I, th- I have that problem, too. I should admit to it. Like, well, I mean, like, all you see headliners. I mean, are you yeah. talking about comedians? Well, there's that. Well, I mean, even just the people in the Denver scene. Like, I, I, I hold Jeff Albright on a pedestal and Corey Healy and, like, and, and all the fine gentlemen and, you know, all these people. I mean, I was holding – I I do hold you on a pedestal. That, like, I hold, that's I hold wrong. All these, yeah, wrong. I mean – Idiot. It's, it's, I mean <laughs> – I fooled you. <laughs> gotcha. Ah, <laughs> No, I mean like because all the people here in Denver, like I feel, I part of me feels bad for having moved from Arkansas to come here to like encroach on what you guys are doing, and I like <laughs> I want to be part of it, and then and so like and I just like look, I like see you guys, and like you guys are so cool, and like I don't want to be with you guys and telling jokes and like chumming it up and and everything, and I don't know, like I felt moving out here like really shook my confidence because I I bombed so much out here more than I'd ever. I'd ever experienced before, which I needed, and it's just why I came out here because I like I wanted the challenge, and I wanted to know what wasn't working really, <laughs> and I found that out pretty quick. Found it out pretty quick. I think I think my first when I first saw you was at uh, Matchbox. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, you did your whole dance out. Oh shit, yeah, you did your whole you know yeah, my, my safe zones yeah, dance, yeah, private squares, and uh, 
and you do the Beatles thing, right? Yeah, the with Beatles the, joke. The finger, with the shocker. Oh, it comes all the yeah, way to third comes grade. All, the yeah, shocker. that's how I learned about that joke. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's like, wow, this guy's really going for it. Because yeah. it's like, I don't know, you just, I remember seeing you as one of the first people who was like really going for it. Oh, like, like, because everyone's kind of like, oh, I'm too cool. I'm not like really trying, but yeah. like, whatever. I'm gonna throw this one liner out. Yeah, you were up there dancing, <laughs> and know? I was you really had, like you had a whole routine. And I did. I mean, because I have like I do have like a 10 minute, 20 sure. minute, 15 minute routine like that. I because I was doing it all the time in Arkansas. And, and you're thought, doing oh, two good. minutes at the Matchbox. Now I'm doing yeah, two minutes. 145. Yeah, one forty five. Like, and I go and I like I burn through all my A material <laughs> and burn through my B material, and I was just like, oh yeah, so that's 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 all my stuff now. <laughs> Now I gotta, now I gotta, you know, figure out new shit, and so like now I've, and so now I'm like, so that's what started all the bombing and everything, but, um, and and learning all the hard lessons that I need to learn, but you know, like, it's it's funny that you remember that set, like you remember me back in the Matchbox. <laughs> well, hack wild. is such a like a jarring right. name to start hearing <laughs> when you're like. <laughs> You know, at a mic, just like Roger it's Hack. Roger Hack. And then you're like, is this a stage name? This, it's not. It's a I, real, it's a, everyone, I, I everyone's, know now. Yeah, but... everyone, everyone knows now. Like, and I think I was dealing with that a lot when I got here, too. There was like, oh, this fucking guy, like, with his, with his names or whatever. Like, like, cause I, I'm sure people, well, cause nicknames are kind of frowned upon in the, yeah, in the scene away. So, you know, like, a, yeah, you know, stage names like Intergalactic Negro and, right. uh, Things like that, you know. Well, that's nothing mm-hmm. saying about the comic, but you know, like you just hear that name and you like, all right, all right, let's see what you all got. Right, okay, yeah, because it, it does, yeah, because it. Yeah, it does set like a certain mood. Like mm-hmm. it does set like a oh, like like you said, yeah, it is nothing against intergalactic Negro, but like for the for the layman, for the person who isn't like you know who's just who's there to see comedy, and all of a sudden is introduced the intergalactic Negro, you're like. Who the fuck? Oh no, like, I don't know really? how the audience reacts to it, but I, I think like comedy snobs like oh, yeah. us, like yeah. you know, guys that go to the open oh, mics, that makes yeah, yeah, are yeah, so yeah, jaded yeah. or like, yeah. oh fuck this guy yeah. right off the bat. Right, yeah, it's true because you you are definitely right on that one. I think in like audiences sometimes because I've seen it before, they're just like some people are like what what am I am I what am I about to listen to like because there's like I think there also is like some white guilt associated like whenever <laughs> someone's introduced as an intergalactic Negro, they're like, well, how am I supposed to feel right now? Right, like, yeah. if, in the in comedy. That's how I, I kind of see the room. They're like, oh, oh boy, I I, I don't know, I don't know if, if what I'm feeling is okay to feel. Like, whereas a comic's like jaded, like fuck, we have to deal with this nickname yeah, right now. Whereas an audience, like someone's just been like, oh well, intergalactic Negro. Like it sounds creative, but it also sounds is like, it not? am I am I am I being too harsh? And he definitely plays to him? those stereotypes, right? I mean, does. I've seen his yeah. act, so yeah, like uh, whips out a piece of chicken. Yeah. Like I'm sorry for the listeners out there who have yet and to see his stuff. Crowds love it. Sometimes they, do. they, like, they love do. it. They do. They really do. It's really funny. It's really interesting and funny how that all comes around. Like it's a, it's funny to like dissect his set and to watch what he's doing and to like and watch the audience and like like just just from from the very moment of him being introduced, like we were talking about as intergalactic Negro and like what repercussions that has, like. And yet, how when like how he uses that to his advantage or or what have you or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like me being introduced as Roger Hack, definitely. Yeah. I, I realized I realized pretty quickly. Yeah, is he um, gonna be doing like intentionally bad stuff? Like yeah, what is right. he like? What is this like? I and I I can't figure out. Like I mean, pretty much I've just been going up to be me, and not try to. Oh, there's the heater kicking on. Hey, there it is. There it is. Turning it's on. Cold. Turning on the heat. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I ever I mean, I've always just gone up just to be me and myself. 
Uh, I never really have talked about my last name. I've I've started talking about it. Yeah, a I feel little like bit. you've addressed it a couple times. I have. Like, I, uh, the only the first times and the only times have been out here. Like um, not when you were not wherever really. the fuck you there were was before, one time wherever you was, came from. And yeah, in Arkansas, <laughs> <laughs> may as well refer to your bad names on bad yeah. places. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I never referred to it much in Arkansas. Um, in Tulsa, I got I was in I was at the Looney Bin, and the MC that night introduced me as. Uh, he has a very unfortunate last name, everybody. His name is Roger Hack. Give it up for Roger Hack. And so, and then at that point, I got to, like, respond. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the point where the SD card got full and my recorder stopped recording. But we're going to jump right back into the podcast here. We're kind of in a different spot, but we get back on, on point pretty quickly. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of this podcast. Well, yeah, and like the one yeah. thing I like about this, I mean, I want this podcast to be real. I like that yeah. you know people can come and talk about whatever you whatever. know. So like that's why I did want to touch on the comedy work stuff. Yeah, and I did you know I don't want to shy away from it because I mean mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not on sex spot. They didn't ask me. You know, right. like they you know so I I'm okay with it. Even if right. I were on them, I'd like to think that like I was. Yeah, uh, I am Switzerlander. I'm like this underground thing where exactly. I, I want to talk about the real shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is which is cool. Yeah, Which makes this a lot I'm of fun and really cool. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. do that, you know. Yeah, definitely. But then you know, I am scared of Wendy. I am scared of getting blackballed from that yeah. list, you know. So like, I'm just as right. nervous about putting things out about sex pot mm-hmm. or comedy, or even more because I feel like I'm trying to work my way into all these things, and like they're all gatekeepers that yeah. are going to keep me from doing stuff if I don't suck their dicks. Yeah, you know. I mean, it it really is in ways like just living like. Mr. Rogers, in a lot of ways, like well, making yeah, everyone being cool. happy, being a cool person, right? Being yeah, I'm not trying to be making, fake or anything, yeah, but also, yeah. Well, Mr. Rogers was far from fake too. Like he was, he was, you know, fucking Mr. Rogers. You know, he was like everyone loved him. You know, because he was, he genuinely loved everybody, and that's what really you should try to do. I guess, like, I mean, it's good to be Switzerland and to be neutral, but then also to, you know, maybe not necessarily talk poorly about everybody or anybody. I mean, like, I mean, talk truth. Don't right. be wrong, but uh, but not. Not like a, the difference between punching down and punching up. Sure, stuff like that. So, because yeah. um, I mean, you can point out problems and like or what have you, but then you gotta. I mean, but just say, hey, you know, it's okay. Like, I it doesn't bother me, or like I'm just saying it because it's true, and I just want to help make it better, and I and I want to offer this X and Y and Z solution because it drives me crazy. To think people dealing with people who are always talking about problems. They talk about problems and they don't offer solutions, and I then. And I and I bring it up all the time with people. It's like you can. You, there are two things you can be. You can either be, either be part of the problem or you can be part of the solution. So as long as this podcast is part of the solution, then you have nothing to worry about. Right. Yeah. So, I'm just trying to put it out there. You know, yeah. it's like this is just you know this is just me. What's going on and like what how I feel about stuff and no yeah. one usually usually no one cares. So yeah. I mean I mean it's there if they do or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Is there if they care? And at the end of the day, like I mean you're not. I mean this podcast isn't made to shit on Wendy. This no, podcast isn't made, made to shit, shit on, on Chuck Roy or Deacon or the Grolics or the for too much fun or 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 to like say something's better than something else. It's, it's just about you talking and putting something out in the world, like you in the moment of time that you are in presently right now, and just how you're working through whatever it is you're experiencing, and just sure. and what you've digested and what you've absorbed, and then and then putting that back out in the world, like through your own lens and your own view, trying to understand it and trying to make sense of it. So, man. 
yeah, it makes sense. I don't think I don't think you should be worried about anyone like blackballing you or being sure. upset about you. Or, and neither should yeah. you. Neither should I. All right, right. we're back here, we're round back. two with uh, Roger <laughs> Hack. Um, we're just talking about your last, last name, name here and how, name. the struggles with it. Right, it's not a stage name. Not You're a stage full name. real because the I, real hack, the real up, up the here. one and only hack. Which I don't know if that's the number a... <laughs> one hack, the biggest hack you'll ever see. I, yeah, I mean. We we can we can stop that. We can, we can, it we can ease it up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the the only time I ever meant I or like addressed it was in was in uh, when people introduced me as well. This guy's got a pretty bad last name. Sucks to be this guy. His name's Roger Hack, and I'd be like, well, okay. And it would be at a show. Like I remember, it was at shows where like everyone was just kind of like, uh, yeah. But once you like, acknowledge it, then you can move on. I feel like, yeah, you, know. you acknowledge it, and and so I would have to like. I mean, and I, I don't like what I said now that I think about it, now that I know better. Like, back then, I was I was mad, I guess, that it got brought up. Oh, that, okay. like, that I was being told that I'm, like, being... Oh, hack. Yeah, hack. Get yeah, ready. That's, this like, is the worst suck. thing you could be yeah. called. So, to which, like, I think in that, in that moment, in that moment of being, like, upset or bothered by it, I said, well, I'm not the first hack you've seen tonight, and I certainly won't be the last. And that... Ooh. ooh Man, yeah, that that set a that set a mood. <laughs> I bet, Jesus. <laughs> like, because at that point, everyone's just tuned right in. Like, all the comics that were like, "Who the fuck is this guy now?" Right. Or you just degraded everyone that you know. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, like, I, I, I felt I was mad because I felt like I'd been brought down to a certain level, and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna bring you yeah, all you re- down you with me." Yeah, yeah. I re- and I and I think back on it, and I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that, and I don't. But the thing was like, because everyone was like, okay, let's see what this guy's about. Like, then I, I blasted out all my A material, and they're like, holy shit, this guy is not a hack at all. Like, this guy... And then I was like, cool. everyone was cool with me. I, so like, you got him back. Yeah, I got him. I, I brought him back immediately, and everyone saw offstage... All, all the comics who saw me offstage, like, saw that I was, like, not being an asshole. Like, I'm not... I'm not an asshole. Sure. That was just me saying something to say something. And I... But now I know I know better. I, like, that's a... I shouldn't... I shouldn't bring everyone... Like, I shouldn't be punching down like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, and I'm sure a seasoned so. comic was like, ah, oh, that was funny. Or like, you know, they can yeah. all they can all take more of a razzing. Exactly. Than, uh, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, yeah it is kind of weird having that last name, a and then and then wondering, like, because some because sometimes I because I think a lot about comedy theory and like about about the construction of jokes and like how to make people laugh and like and then watching open micers and like myself, I'm an open micer in Denver. I'm an open micer. Don't get me wrong, but watching open micers do the same like do like do the same formula. Like that's really tired and really like. What like, you mean by same formula? You mean same jokes or? I mean like, hey, hey, who who here's heard about Dr Pepper? Like they're gonna tell a Dr Pepper joke and they're like, hey, you guys know what Dr Pepper is? Like, yeah, we fucking know what Dr Pepper is. Like it's got twenty three flavors and there's no punctuation after the doctor. Like it's doctor. We we know doctor. Just say the Dr Pepper joke, you know, sure. stuff like that. I'm like. You know, I see, I see that kind of stuff all the time, and like, and so I want to make jokes. I want to make like, I have like a joke of an of a comedian, like of, I have a, I have a, I, I have, I do an impression of a comedian who just finished doing an impression, is like, is a joke that I like to do sometimes. So it, meta, yeah, right. Like, but it it doesn't ever really hit very well. Well, and I like, would hit an open mic in front of all mic. other comics. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's something yeah. I'm trying to get around to, you mm-hmm. know, too is like. Not doing jokes for the other open micer guys, doing right. jokes for an audience. For an know? audience, and that and and that's what I was talking about earlier too. Like I have that problem. Like I see what it takes to make an audience laugh at Comedy Works, but then like I never get to do the open mics, so I don't ever get to make open micers laugh. So I'm focusing so much on trying to figure out how to make 
all the other comedians laugh in that room. What that's am I, not important. That's not, making that guy laugh. He's never going to laugh. He's never yeah, going to give it right. to you. But it means so much to me to make all of Denver comics laugh. Like, sure. Because I, I want it so bad. I want it. Like, <laughs> one of my, one of my. Get in your own way, bro. I, know, I am. I'm talking am. to me when I'm You're also right. talking to you. <laughs> You're right. The, I, I, I will never forget. Um, uh, it was like th- three months ago in Mutiny. Um, where I, I've gone to these to my I've gone to like to uh, Goose Town and, and Mutiny and and what have you like all these mics around and, and syntax especially like bomb and just never do well and then I remember I will always remember going to Mutiny and being so just like kind of down and out almost because um, I'd been dealing with so many bombs and just like I suck this isn't getting anywhere and I and I told all new material and i got i got all these laughs from everybody in that room and i got an applause break and i was just it was the the first time i ever had an applause break in denver and it meant so like from new material written in denver trying to make comedians in denver laugh and i got an applause break and i was just like this is the fucking best like i was so so happy that i like i and always remember that moment after having bombed so much like me trying to make these comedians laugh for so long and it never works. And then finally there was something that worked and I had some like a moment of affirmation. And then I went back to bombing again, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't know. It's been, it's just been really, it's really cool. It's funny. Yeah. You're saying like, you're trying to focus on making an audience laugh and then, and it's hard whenever you're just, yeah, you have to tune your ear differently, you know, cause a lot of the mics here, I feel like are both the bulk of them are, uh, other comics yeah and depending on when you get there, you know, like even at the bicycle cafe, like mm-hmm. I get there late sometimes. Right. And, uh, Usually, because I'm going out, I've been going out on a couple dates on right. a Sunday night. It's been, uh, it's been, yeah, we'll talk that. about that. Uh, but uh, so, uh, so you show, show up, up late. late, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, th- there might be you know mostly comics and one or two stragglers that are just drunk guys are hanging out at the bar, regulars right. or the guys behind the bar. You know, right. so you gotta kind of tune your ear differently. Like, did they, these guys laugh? The yeah. civilians yeah. in the room, you know? Yeah. And because I mean, I feel like if you're trying to make, there's a balancing act you have to strike with, you know, making the comics laugh mm-hmm. and then not just doing things that are so inside or so, um, yeah. whatever. Cause I, sometimes if I'm like, I don't feel really feeling myself as Janae Burris would, would say, you know, uh-huh. really feeling myself. Yeah. And, uh, it's a mic full of all comics. I'll just do this thing where I, I just do impressions of other open mic comics. Like, Oh, who do right. you want me to do an impression of? And like I'll do Crawford <laughs> or whatever, you know, and uh, and but I mean that's yeah. only funny to open micers. Really, you're you know, right. you're, you're never right. gonna get so. But then, you know, you also want to make the comics laugh when you're at a mic, like syntax or something, because Mara Barrett runs a lot of shows, and you want and... Mara to think you're funny. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're making her laugh, you know, she'll put you on a show. Maybe you know, I mean, that's the goal. You know, you want right. to show them that that you're funny and give me, put me in, coach. Put me in, <laughs> coach. Give me the opportunity. You're right, I, and I think. You know, at the end of the day, too, I think the number one thing to do, and this is in any artistry, is to is you're doing it for yourself. So right, the yeah. number one thing oh, is yeah. making yourself There's laugh. That. Yeah, we we as artists, we're trying so hard, so hard to like give and give and give and give for everything that's external, but we forget about internals. Like, well, is this making me laugh? Is this joke making me laugh? Because I'm I'm number one. Yeah, this, like, is this this funny to me? Is this funny to me? And you know, if it is funny to me great and now i'm gonna give that out and if and if they don't think it's funny then i know like that's not something i can share maybe not necessarily with this audience or just any audience i just know that's for me maybe not for everybody else like i had a joke on i don't know if you heard me 
seeing doing it. How late did you show up on Sunday this last Sunday? Were I you there? Didn't show up on oh, Sunday. Oh, you didn't. That's right. That is right. Because you were the texting. Lady friend. <laughs> you texted me about. It. I remember now. I told I told a joke that to me is hilarious. Like I thought was really funny. Um, because I it came up and I laughed and I thought, oh, I'll do this for everybody. Uh, and did not it did not land. It didn't work at all. Like because and the the thought and the joke is it, it it takes way too long to get to the punch and the punch isn't worth all the setup. But it's it's like that Barack Obama, uh, his narrative really fit the Star Wars trilogy in that A New Hope was 2008, the midterm elections was uh, was Empire Strikes Back with the Republicans getting the House, and then Return of the Jedi is him winning the election in 2012. And so it's like, okay, so we had we had that, you know, that motif of Obama and Star Wars with the original trilogy. It's like, so what's next with episode seven? It's like, well, there's been a burning, and have you felt it? And that was like, I thought that was funny, I don't get it. Oh, okay. A burning? A burning. Feel, a Bernie, the, feel the burn. Bernie Sanders. Burn Bernie Sanders. There's been burn, an awakening. Bernard. The Force Awakens. The burn awakens. Or like, yeah, the burn awakens. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, yeah. And it didn't work. But to me, it's funny. <laughs> no, yeah. To me, then, like to me, it made me laugh. It made me happy that I then, like noticed something sure. like that. Like I should make that a, an image to put on Reddit and get that upvoted. Yeah, it's really like, what that you... is. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's the work of the comedian. To like, how do I take this thing that I think is funny and present it in a present. way that's paddle, palatable exactly. for everybody? Yeah. But then there's also that line where it's like, okay, this isn't funny to anyone besides me. Besides me. How, am I delusional? And, or or mm-hmm. do I you know, fool myself into just doing this thing? Which, you know. Do I need to just seek medical attention because I'm crazy thinking all these things are funny? And... Yeah. Or well, I don't know. But <laughs> you know, that's not the same. But I mean, you know, like you just go, you know, you know the comics right. that go yeah, up yeah, and just yeah, say yeah. the things that they want to say and like it's yeah. not funny, it's not working and like they just. Right. You know, mm-hmm. not aren't improving or honing right. their craft in those yeah. ways, and then the, I don't want to be that guy. You know, right? You um, want to just like be apathetic and just kind of give up. But then there the is material. something you know, funny. We all know funny. We, we all know ev- funny. That's the thing is everyone knows hu- humor, or is it because they they know what makes them laugh? Exactly. So, but I mean, that's uh, good and bad for you know the comedian because mm-hmm. then you can go up there and present yourself like I know this is funny, and. uh I'm I'm just presenting this to you, you know. Mm-hmm. If if you and are I hope headlining, you accept it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're headlining, you know, like maybe I didn't get you that one, but the next one will, or whatever. Next, you just yeah. keep kind of keep throwing, throwing those things out there. out there. But as the open micer, you know, you have the three minutes that you're working on, and or you're trying so hard. Yeah, trying, and, uh, and it does mean everything. It yes. does. It means so much. Like when you're in it, you waited two hours just to get three minutes. Yeah, to be whatever. thrown out off the boat, and then you know the life, the last exactly. of the life raft. You know, you're trying right. to like cling on to some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, some floating debris. Yeah, just sometimes. Just, just to keep breathing, just to stay, keep your head above water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. It is rough. People, I don't think any other art form like, experiences that type of demands that kind yeah. of. I mean, uh, sacrifice. Be, exactly. I mean, only. The I mean, gauntlet. being an actor is the only thing that equates to it because you're always trying to get auditions and trying to get picked and this and that and always fit whatever dealing role with rejection. And dealing, yeah, all of the time. Um, whereas, uh, I mean, a painter, maybe not necessarily. But a voice person. Like, yeah. A voice person. Yeah, a vo- like We're a, all voice people. We are kind of all voice people. But yeah, I mean, a singer will feel rejection. Like you're trying out for certain choirs for this or that. But, um, I mean, but there's still like this nice little like baby proofed room that singers 
live in and like or exist in as artists unless you're trying to get into the opera scene then that's something else like trying to be accepted into like all the opera houses like all across Europe that's a whole other story because then you're the height the highest part of of it uh, of that art form but I but then in comedy like the lowest part of that art form is that highest part of rejection is what it seems like and that and that rejection is always looming and the the bomb is always coming around the corner right. looking for you trying to hunt you down yeah because if no one laughs then you're not funny exactly that's not you know you like, you get stuck in that that mind frame it's like I suck I'm the worst and everything like, yeah Ugh. And, and it's hard it's horrible you don't get that as a singer like as a singer you're rehearsing all the time and then you perform once you know, whereas as a stand-up comic, you are rehearsing as you're performing all of the time, right. and you're never you're never appreciated, and you're never accepted, and then you finally get a chuckle on something after bombing and doing whatever you're doing, however many times, and you and hold on to that. You, yeah, you just live by that one laugh. Yeah, you're like, oh, true. that was it. That was that was. I needed that. That's my lifeblood. That's my that's my drug. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Whereas a sing, you know, and it, you know, it, and it pisses me off too. Like, because you know, the reward for a stand-up comic is so great, and it's so wonderful when you get those laughs. Like, and it's genuine, and it's real, and it's you can, it's tangible, and you feel it, and you know it. When you made people laugh, you you've got it. Like, and you and you can feel it right inside of you. Whereas in music and in singing, and like it pisses, it makes me so upset. Like, audiences don't understand it. They don't appreciate it. Whenever you're talking about like fine arts and things, like, like uh, I, I have been in so many choirs and so many singing ensembles where I performed, I performed really, I performed, you know, pretty, pretty well. And I performed just absolute shit terrible. And that reaction was always the same from the audience. There's like, oh, that was a great job. You did really well. We really appreciate what you did just there. Like, it was really great. It's like, no, we, I didn't do, like, whenever we, when we did really poorly, like, I know it and, and it would eat me up. Like, I would know that we, that we botched that song up. We didn't hit those harmonies, that we didn't, we didn't do that piece justice. Yet the audience is like, oh, great job. And they're just applauding. Oh, so and they're just applaud. like, so great. You're so good. It's like, interesting. And, it, and, it, and so it's not real. Like, that's, to me, that, that's not real uh, appreciation. It, I mean, they mean it. I know they mean it. But, like, compared to the real gut-busting laughs that you can get from doing stand-up, doesn't even compare. Now, whenever you're part of an amazing group and you perform music at its highest level and you get people standing up, applauding, you know, stuff like that. Because I've been in so many of those concerts because I told you about that director that I had we, that is now in British Columbia teaching choirs and everything. We, I had some of the most mind-blowing musical experiences with those ensembles that I was with under his direction, and those audiences could feel it and knew what was happening because of how amazing and grandiose those experiences were. And, and those audiences, I always appreciated them thanking me because and then at the same time, like, I want to thank them for being there, for sharing that with me, and that's and and those are the real the real thank yous and the real you know feedback and appreciations that I I always remember and I can always hold on to, and but that's it, it just doesn't but like just in general music and musical performances as an artist uh, in terms of the fine arts uh, as a singer or as a as a musician or uh, like in a band or what have you in terms of like uh, orchestras or small chamber ensembles things like that and those audiences they're they're always going to clap. 
And whenever you walk off the stage, they're always going to keep clapping for an encore and you're going to do your encore or you're just <laughs> going to have your secret piece. It's, it's always the same formula and the, the audiences always say the same thing afterward. But with stand-up, what you end up getting at the end of the night of your performance is so reflective of what either either of, it's so reflective of what you did and how that show went that night. And it's you're always going to get the true feedback on how, on how well you did compared to like what I experienced in singing, which I always find interesting. And I and I it's, that's why I love stand up so much more because like I love I love the reality of it. I love how true and deep and meaningful when someone laughed so hard that they told me it's like you were fucking funny. I'm like thank you. Like for you to say that means <laughs> thank you. so much. No, I totally get I can, that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I and supposed to someone's like hey you were really funny. I'm like like or it's like hey you know like that was a great that was a great song you sang. I'd be like you know whatever. You don't know. Like, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know me. I think it was interesting how you're talking about how the um um singing at like a high level and like this mm-hmm. this thing you're creating with you know uh the audience and like you mm-hmm. know them what is that experience like i mean it's you're moving someone emotionally with your mm-hmm. words yeah same thing i guess with with in, comedy in but i mean yeah. it's like uh it's so i don't know for some reason it just seems i mean it's so different because you're singing you're mm-hmm. i mean it just seems mm-hmm. i mean it's you can take people on that journey and like it's it's crazy because their their hearts start beating so much faster because they're really tuned in to this music that you're. It depend and it depends on it depends on the song depends on how you how you like preface the song or create the context to get them in the right mindset. Like, and it doesn't even have to be English. I mean, it's just the, oh, yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the harmonies, how it how it travels, how it moves. I mean, if it means so much, if you if you understand or know the harmonies, like I mean, some of my favorite some of my favorite songs to give to people were in other languages too. So it's just and and then like you can explain the the translation and give them the, an idea of how it's going to work or how the song is going to work to kind of deconstruct it a little bit so they they understand like the basic concepts of the song and like what motifs they're going to hear, like whatever, uh, like they're going to hear like this octave jump at a certain point in time. And that's going to represent this and like this other movement going to mean this in the music and things like that. And so, no, it's really special whenever you, when you can deconstruct it just enough to explain it, but still keep the mystery. And then they, they, uh, the mystery gets revealed within the piece as you're performing it and you're singing it. And then they just kind of, I mean, I've seen, I've cried on stage doing that. And like, I've seen audiences crying too. And like, it's just this beautiful, surreal moment. Yeah. Cause that, you're all creating this thing and yeah. it's, you know, Oh man. Cause I was in choir like, uh, uh-huh. like just for one semester in college. And mm-hmm. like, that was great. Like just, you know, belting it and you know like singing and you get it so into it and yeah. you know like i don't know it's such a weird experience do you remember what songs you sang or what um you did? i just remember the christmas because uh, we did a spring semester so we did the christmas show and so uh-huh. uh we just did this one song that wasn't in english i don't know what it was and mm-hmm. i didn't know the words but i was just singing it and i yeah. like felt moved yeah you know and uh isn't that crazy yeah it's just such just... a weird and i didn't mean to cut you off you no, know no, this no, way no. More i wanted I... you to keep going yeah um yeah that's just i mean just creating that experience and that being more meaningful, or at least I put more of a premium on that kind of, mm-hmm. and I haven't even done it to the extent that you you're talking about, you know. But it, you don't even have to do it to the extent that I'm doing to, to feel this feel the same feelings. Like right. it's it's just crazy. It's what is uh, it? What is it about that? Is this primal? Yeah, I, I mean, there is something to be said about. I mean, music really is the product of what are like how our ears work. 
when you think about it. Like our ears only hear certain harmonies, our ears only hear a certain range. So music is a product of like what we're capable of processing within our ears. Um, and it's and it's gorgeous. It's such a beautiful thing. It's funny. It's funny, like looking at like the history of music and how it how it transformed and how it moved. And it was just discoveries of oh, like our ear can can pick up on that harmony or how like that chord moves into that chord. And to us, it's correct. And then and like how like from from like Renaissance and and further back, moving up to the late Romantic era, like how music transformed and how it moved. Because at the end of the Romantic era was just, was it. Like, that was it in terms of how our ears process music or process uh, process notes and harmonies, quote-unquote, correctly. And then the 20th century was just a whole, like, okay, now we're going to say that maybe that's correct. Like, that's, like, that's correct, but only in this box. And that's not to say that all this other stuff that we could do otherwise is like is not like it's not to say that this isn't incorrect it's just different it's not like what our ears are made to to listen to like it's like we're people listen to john cage do you know who john cage is he's a he's a 20th century composer who who pretty much is just noise music is what people call it which is not really giving it any justice but most people will listen to him like this isn't music this is just him like doing noise like just making noise. he was on like the equivalent of like a Johnny Carson way back, way, way back in the day. And I don't think it was Johnny Carson. It was some other like ta- like like a variety show mm-hmm. type of type of thing. And he Sid just Caesar? Yeah, something yeah, something. And he went on he went out and all he like he was he had a bathtub and he had rubber duckies and he had like cans and he just like all he did was he just like dumped water into the to the bathtub, like squeaked a rubber ducky every now and then and like banged on this, banged on that, threw this on the ground and like and it was just noise, and everyone laughed at him, thinking it was like some comedy thing. But he himself thought he was—he perceived himself to be performing this, like this uh, higher art, this higher music. And it's so it's such a funny—it's such a funny thing to like learn about and look at, because he's—he's he's just saying noise itself, just sound is music, and he redefined that. Like music was what we think is music or consider music is like is within a certain set of rules that harmonies like one moves to three to moves to five moves to the five of five this and that like whatever beethoven like, thing yeah, things like, like that mozart and and chopin franz liszt and like stuff you know all that um and that's what we consider music that's what and then john cage says you know everything's music you just have to call it music just like one of my favorite art stories i can't remember the freaking guy's name i have it written down and i'm so upset that i've forgotten it but he he would do like this was again 20th century and I, this is such a weird i don't know how we even got on this topic again but we're we're here anyway but the the story is uh, you know, everyone's putting up their art or put, you know paintings and landscapes and this and that and whatever. And then the 20th century came and it just like all, you know, everything got thrown out the window. This guy go, wa- wakes up in the morning. He goes to the hardware store, buys a snow shovel, puts the snow shovel on the wall in a gallery and just says, that's art. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, and, and he's just like, it's art because I said it's art. And it's like, and it pissed off the art world. It's like, that's not art. That didn't take any skill. It's like, you know, like art is controversy. If you think about it, like, and he's causing the most controversy by just all, all he did is put a freaking snow shovel on the wall. I mean, just such a fucking cool thing. Just like to say like art isn't what you, art is what anyone says it is. Like music's what anyone says. Funny is what I say it is funny. Yeah. Just like, like Rick Kearns, it's Rick Kearns. He says like, I'm trans funny. Whereas... 
You made <laughs> that's such a I, good Rick impression. I, actually, <laughs> I'm trans funny. Hi, I'm Rick Kearns, and I'm on I'm on the left hand right brain <laughs> podcast, and I'm trans funny. And if you think I'm not funny, well, I I am. I'm actually <laughs> funny. <laughs> you can tell me how much I've listened to these to the comedy works, right? Yeah, people it's like because I have been all there. I was like, ah, I don't understand this freaking Stephen oh, AJ it's joke. AJ, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean that's that's where my impression scene came from. Yeah. I was like, I've seen all these guys do their Doing stuff so their, much, I can yeah. just do whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just you, you're a product of the environment. Yeah, it's right. Um, yeah. That's straight words from uh, "You Made It Weird" right there. Product of your own environment. Is it? Yeah, that's why. Know. That's one of Pete Holmes's like uh, his sayings. That's why I moved. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to move out of Arkansas. Is like, okay, I'm a product of my own environment. I gotta like move to. I gotta go somewhere so I can like enrich myself and like help myself like get better and change and like go with the direction I want to go in and not necessarily just be confined to this one little bubble. Like mm-hmm. I want to learn more and become a better and grow and blah, 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 all that stuff. So Denver, how that happened, <laughs> but oh. yeah. Um, I didn't realize I had a good Rick Kearns impression. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I just recently started to get to know Rick a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's that a cool was guy. it. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about relationships. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're, I'm gonna we're put a pin in before it. I go off into like another tangent world and like uh, dive into weird shit. But like relationships, we're gonna talk about relationships. Yes, um, I think one of the things we first connected on at monkeying around was you know we're just right. talking about uh, you know like um, I started get, dating a little bit more, uh-huh. uh, kind of going on some ca- casual dates, you know, casual some casual dates, yeah. and uh, um, I feel bad because it's taking away from comedy you know right. and like you know i've always gotten this whole thing like you can't serve two masters you know you like you have to yeah. really fully commit to one thing and mm-hmm. you, you, there's no such thing as multitasking blah 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 mm-hmm. um and uh i talked about you know going to comedy work yesterday and uh-huh. then i was you know was like, made made well, plans with another girl i was like yeah. hey i gotta go i can't i can't i would but i can't now yeah like, and uh but then i feel bad i feel kind of you know yeah it was you feel bad because like i you, didn't go to the open mic you didn't go night. you didn't go you didn't go to any of this stuff like you and but you like reached out and you said hey like what's going on because you had the intention to and right. then all of a sudden then you pulled back and it's, then you're like and then i'm sure you're in your head thinking like well what does he think of me like being this guy that like says one thing and then i all of a sudden do another but on the flip side like you told me what was up and then i was like yeah jd lopez <laughs> right <laughs> right cuz that's awesome like to like uh i something like that i think maybe i think i brought it up when we first talked like um uh, aziz ansari was talking to louis ck uh, hey, we got something going on. Like, something once on. a podcast yeah, has happened. What? <laughs> oh, it does? Every yeah. podcast? <laughs> a lot of them. A lot of them. The bulk of podcasts. That's amazing. Um, I remember Aziz. Uh, he, it was Pete Holmes's podcast. He talked about this. Yeah. He said I, this I, to I, Pete Holmes's podcast. Uh, he said. I've listened. Oh, you've listened. To this. I think, you know, it's funny. This Aziz's episode with Pete Holmes was my first episode I ever listened to of You Made It Weird, which is really funny when you think about it now. Um, but what he said in that podcast was that he was talking to Louie, because Louie was on Parks and Rec at one point, uh, mm-hmm. and he was talking to Louie, and he says, how do, you, how do you do this? How do you always put out a new special every year? Because like, he was trying to do the same thing. He, like, he wanted to be fun. He was doing stand-up whenever Parks and Rec was off, like, or was down for like, the season or what it was done for the, for the while, and he was, he was doing stand-up, and he was just like, how, do you, how are you able to do this? All of my free time, all my time I spend, I'm like going to mics and I'm going to shows and I'm doing whatever. But you're and you're able to to put out a new special every year. How are you? How do you do that? And is the and Louis told him he said, uh, well, you know, I take time off. Like I let myself 
live for a little bit. Like I, you have, cause you have to live a life worth commenting. If you're not living a life, then you can't talk about the life you're living and you can't joke about it. You don't have, you don't have any well of material to like draw from, to like, to, to write about and to express and et cetera, et cetera. Like, cause you know, I mean, you shouldn't beat yourself up too much. You're, 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 you've been single for how long and now you're having a new experience and so you're going to live that experience and then be it next week or however long you're going to be able to talk about said experience and that's what that's about like you can't if all you do is go to open mics and all you do is do shows and showcases then you're never going to live a life and you're never going to have ma- material to work with to you know to create new material to create new jokes so, because I, I was beating myself up, like I have a serious girlfriend, I live with her, we're everything's amazing, and I can't not spend time. Like I always want to be with her all the time, and so I ended up doing stuff with her, like um, and making jokes with her, and then I've started being able to translate that on the stage. Like I have a joke now. All right, I had a, I, I was driving to DBC last night, and and as I was driving, I came up like a joke came to my head, a, a little, a tiny little bit came to my head, like oh, this would be perfect to refer, like, refer to this thing I'm doing with my girlfriend all the time. Like, as I was thinking about the Broncos were winning, and I was thinking there are only two sports I care about. Uh, it's it's, a call, it's, a, it's soccer and uh, my relationship with my girlfriend, because we are team not pregnant, and it is great. Like, I love being in team not pregnant. It's a lot like golf, as you're trying to stay at zero for as long as possible. Right, yeah. So, and that was, the, and I did that last night, and it was, and it went really well, and I was really, like, I was really happy about that. Yeah. And that's, but the, the team not pregnant is just the joke that my girlfriend and I have with each other. She's like, oh, it's my period this week. I'm like, go team not pregnant. This is yeah. great. Great. Yeah. I love it. Killing it. <laughs> and I was able to find a way to use that on stage. Still undefeated. Still undefeated. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Still yeah, that's champion. great. Yeah, yeah, so you're just using these life experiences. So I should just yeah. see this dating as uh, yeah. life experience to draw for material. I'm exactly. great. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure they'll love. I'm the sure she will love, love it, right? Listening to this, <laughs> then, but then I, yeah, I don't. I want to be in the moment, genuinely, right. genuinely, and I don't want to mm-hmm. always be. Uh, it's something I, I try to be conscious of and not yeah. being like, oh, I can make a joke out of that, or like, right. oh, this is funny, you know. But I mean, that's just kind of the mind, the way I view the world, and the you know, right. the way I process things. Exactly. For sure. It's. I mean, it's the only way to come up with new jokes. You observe and you say, oh. I got that's funny. I'm going to write about that. Same thing like any artist or any like any still artist, I should say, they see something, they say, "Oh, that I have to I have to bring that in and put that on campus now." You know, like or I have to come back to said place and like repaint or draw or whatever, or, like take a mental image and then reinterpret it. Like I mean, that's how any artist probably like looks at the world. Like they look at it through their art because you live your art now. You know, like it's you live your art you now. Your art. Thank you. I can do that. <laughs> I feel like you just gave me permission. I just, yeah, I just like and that's what I need. Touch your like like uh you're at the altar and I'm like the yeah, I need to be knighted. Yeah, right. Yeah. I appreciate it. No. Um no, I think I, I I don't think you should feel bad about going I, on dates. I, just, I do. I don't yeah. know. I just gotta because I mean I feel like oh then you know well then I guess there is also that you know someone else is out there getting better than me too. Right. But you know that's false too because you know if I go out and live my life and I have this perspective or this experience. Exactly. The only, I mean, I'm the only one who can express it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. I don't you're think like, you're like, wrong. Uh, you're yeah. a, my therapist right now. Oh, and I appreciate nice, that. Nice. Why aren't you laying on this couch? I feel like we, be, I'm uh, talking too much about myself. <laughs> um, no, but, um, you know, to get real with you on, okay. and on some stuff, you know, yeah. like, did you, did you, uh, move here with your girlfriend? No, I met her here. In okay. Denver. Um, I didn't, I, uh, I ended up breaking up with a girl or the girl, Ooh, she broke up with me. She broke up with me. 
Um, Heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, before I came out here, and uh, and I don't. I mean, just she was. Sorry, I, this I, is rough. No, it's fine. It, I I think back on her, and it was the it was easily the worst relationship I had ever been in, and I had no idea at the time. It was miserable. It was awful. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It is. Huh? It is. It really is. And it's funny. So like it was uh, that that night was. The or the day it happened was the the open mic night that we have that we had in our every, every Thursday was our open mic. It happened Thursday morning, Ooh. and then uh, so I ended up going to the set that night or the the show, and I did a whole set just on that on breakup. Yep, on the, I've done breakup yeah. stand up. It was and it was the best. It was top three best times I ever made people laugh. Like because I had people like holding their sides fonts like leaning out of their chairs and i was and i was like laughing cracking myself up on stage and shit too Dang. like those and those are the best like when you like just obliterate a room like of people sure and they yeah i, I just i I always remember starting it off with like so if you guys don't know this about me yet i, I woke up this morning with a girlfriend and now i am drunk <laughs> <laughs> no that's good. That's it was, good it was a fun way to to get that going hey the heater's on again heat heat um, um, but no, I met my girlfriend out here in Denver. Um, it was funny. I met her, I met her on OkCupid okay is how okay, I met her. Cool. Um, and, uh, though if any, yeah, I mean, I met her out here and it was on OkCupid okay and it was, I, I didn't think I was going to meet anybody out here. I had it, I had it on, it's funny cause I was using OkCupid okay not to find a girlfriend or not to find dates. I was actually using it to see what the people were like in the places I was thinking about moving to. Uh-huh. And so... That night, I this one night I was still in Arkansas, and I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna delete my profile because I don't need it anymore. I've already decided I'm moving out to Denver, so like, I like I did like one last little hurrah looking at people in Denver, you know, and then okay. I, I, and I and I, the rule too was like I wasn't gonna message anyone unless they messaged me, and then if I felt like replying, then I would talk to them. Like I wasn't using it for dates. I wasn't thinking I was coming out here to get a girlfriend or whatever. I was just. I was coming out here for me, do things for me, whatever, blah blah blah, and and then she ended up like visiting my profile, and so I clicked on her and I visited her profile, and then and then she messaged me, and then I was like, this girl's like really cool, I'll message her back, and then it just that's how it all it just blew up, like it that old chestnut, yep, it all blew up, it all it all blew up, it just it just yeah, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't I don't even. How many how many uh, messages before you're like, hey, we should meet up? Yeah, right. I think. Well, I mean, I'm on the online dating now, Tinder oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. It's like usually like five messages, and then like you're like, hey, hey, come hang out, right? And then and then the girl's like, well, maybe or yeah, yeah I sure. don't know. Just the, either it fizzles out or yeah. I, I got, know, I'm really it's online it out. dating is weird. It is it's, so weird. It's hard. I I had the hardest time for a long time with online dating with because. And, and I didn't understand why. I, I thought I was just, I was using online dating and I was like trying to just be myself and be nice and, and yada, yada, yada. And like let a girl know like, hey, you know, like this is, I'm just trying to start conversation. And, and sometimes it would do well. Most of the times it would not. And I didn't understand why. And then one day I got this idea and I said, you know what? I'm going to make a girl's profile. I'm going to like, I clicked on, on, clicked on some like mutual friends and I just found a random girl who lived out in Hawaii? I took her pro. I took her pictures and I made my own holy shit profile. Okay, and I like made up a whole bunch of stuff, just like made it all up, just to see what it was like for a girl's, a woman's perspective of online dating. And did that fucking open my mind 
like holy shit because every message like even like there were there were a whole bunch of just like you like guys, did your like, own research yeah right like guy, there were guys that were like looking for like sex and quick hookups and like all that shit and I'm like I'm better than this I I, I can, I can <laughs> <laughs> that was my okay. thought I was like I can do better than you come on and then I realized like oh yeah right I'm not like a girl <laughs> but the um, but then and then I would see messages that I saw myself see, sending like I could see myself sending this and then I would sit there as the the woman in that perspective and I just thought this all I see in this message is he wants to get in my pants and I would think like that and that's I don't as a guy I'm thinking like that's not like every guy wants to have sex or when not necessarily every yeah. guy but like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we do. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like guys like guys they're a very very broad general all guys statement. just want guys to, uh, guys want to get guys want to get some but want to get bocha yeah right but I like but I also knew like to me like I also was looking for friends I was looking for a connection or I was looking for like someone to go on dates with if it worked it was it worked if it didn't it didn't but the problem was those messages just scream I want to I just want to desperation I'm, yeah desperation I'm a nice guy and everything and I and I didn't quite like like you know, I don't, I knew about nice guys finish last. You don't want to come off desperate right. and yeah. confidence and stuff. And That's I, exactly what I'm afraid yeah, of. Right, and and then uh, and and so I was thought I was I was not doing that. I was trying to be a genuine nice guy, but then I saw those messages and I thought, oh, that doesn't come across that way at all. Like it comes across otherwise, which isn't what I want to do. And so after that, I changed my entire my entire like. Plan, not plan, but like how I approached it, like how I decided what did to you talk. change. Give me some advice I, here, man. You know, what I are you would, doing? I would make jokes. I would just come off the top, like making a joke or just like not care. Like I would go into it not caring, like typing something like, okay, this girl's cute and she's cool and she has some funny things, like, or some stuff about her. I'm just going to. Yeah, you got to give me something in your profile to yeah. like comment yeah, on. To comment on. And I would just like, I would comment on it or I would make a reference or I would. And a lot of times I would even, I would even say the thing, uh, I mean, I would outright say, uh, a couple messages in, it's like, I made a girl profile and it sucks what you're going through and I'm so sorry and I'm not, I don't even... No, that's great. I would that's... even, I would outright say that. Yeah. Because I'm just being honest. I'm like, look, you know what? We're all in this together and I'm not trying to make anything weird because what's, what's, what I've learned too, what's, what's harder for women on, on online dating is the fact that like, if they're, say they're on OkCupid, like I, they're on OkCupid and if they visit your profile, that's already them showing too many of their cards. Because women have to be protective. They have to be, they're more susceptible for dealing with, like, STDs and dealing with fucking being raped and, like, terrible, horrible things that men and boys can do to girls. So they have to hold their cards back because they don't know, like, who, they don't know who you are. They don't sure. know if they're okay, if they're safe, or they can if they can reveal whatever. And so... If you're online dating and the girl clicks on your profile, she's already shown too much. She's already shown too much that she saw enough in that picture. She thought it was attractive enough to check out the rest of that profile. Whether or not she read the profile and was like, that's a mistake, or was interested, she still showed too much. She's played a hand. Play, played. Yeah, she, and so you, as the receiver, as a guy, you have to be cool. You're like, oh, you man, like, she's into it. Yeah, she right. She definitely wants my D. Right. No, <laughs> Not definitely not how I feel. Right, right, but but you have to like s- interpret that as like okay, that was nice and friendly. I can't. I sh- one shouldn't read too much into it. I shouldn't just like she visited the profile. You know, uh, I'm, I'll send her a message. Maybe not right away, but I'll send her, maybe send her a message like in a little bit, and she'd be like, "Hey, so I saw you had this on your profile, and that's cool, and blah 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 blah," or like comment on it, or like make a joke, like um, like I would make. There was one girl. I she she said that she loved. 
uh, a certain band. And then I made a comment. Like I, I asked her, like, so how many guys have messaged you with a with a cover song from that band or like like I would I would a ask cover song yeah like, like covering that band that you said you like so much you know like or how, how like I would I would ask them questions about the guys that are messaging them like and make fun of those guys that's what I was doing I, I would make fun of that group of guys because I knew I wasn't those people I wasn't trying to just like, like it's get in being, pants. I'm different I'm different like I'm not trying to be here you know being a jerk like sure you looked at my profile you showed too much of your hand and like revealed too much and you know what i'm not <laughs> I like you're saying they've showed yeah, too much yeah, of their, their hand, hand. That, that sounds weird like they're like covering their actual hand like they're, with their clothes well, no, it's like, like, it's, like yeah or it's, it's a weird way to say it i guess it's true seems <laughs> <laughs> like uh they didn't do anything wrong like yeah, they, yeah, they, they yeah, already yeah, made yeah. the mistake they made the mistake you made the mistake of looking at my <laughs> yeah. profile now i'm taking advantage no, they just, of that uh, yeah. yeah it's like yeah you I mean you you um it's an indicator of interest. Indicator of interest. And you know what? Like, I recognize it by messaging you, but I'm not going to be too forward. I'm not going to say too much. Gonna I'm going to immediately send a dick pic. Exactly. Right? Like, I'm not going to make any crazy assumptions. I'm just going to say, like, we're, this is initiating conversation, and I'm making fun of all those other guys, basically. I'm going yeah. to make a comment, like, so how many guys have sent you this message? Or how many guys have done this? Or, like... If we're talking um, about game, you're DHVing right yeah. there, demonstrating higher value. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. That make it, and so, yeah. so that's how I started going at online dating. And it, and you know, at at that point, like my dates, like me meeting girls, skyrocketed. Like it was a night and day difference. Like how many replies I was getting back all the time, and because I was able to like break down that barrier, and they didn't feel like I was threatening them or like or of, of danger, you know. And I was. They could be like, okay, we can talk. Everything's okay in this scenario. And you know what? Some of them went really well, and some of them, like, we just became friends. Some of them I never even met after, like, after those messages. I was just like, hey, we're at, now I'm, like, talking to people. And now I got to the place I wanted to get to, like, which was just making connections and meeting people and learning more and becoming more myself. Yeah. And, blah, and blah, blah, blah. learning how to carry a conversation through text is, mm-hmm. like, so different than calling or, you right. know, any kind of... The interaction I prefer. Right. I was, this girl that I'm mm-hmm. uh, g- going out with right now, or, I mean, you know, just date. No, I mean, that doesn't sound. Oh my god, now that sounds so bad. Oh, no. Building us up. Now that I've gone on a couple <laughs> dates with. Yeah. Um, she she called me on it right away. She's like, "You're not you're not a much of a texter, are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, why? What do you mean? Uh, too many emojis? Yeah. Not enough emojis? Yeah. Ah, no, I'm thinking about too much." Right. And I tried to make a joke out of it. Yeah. And she's just like, "Oh, things are you're just very curt. Like, oh, that sounds good. Right. You know, or you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, okay, <laughs> not cool. that I'm like yeah, to, yeah. just very kind of curt uh, responses. Uh-huh. And uh, but it's hard. That's like a whole another like mm-hmm. art form. It is. Uh, and then I started looking up text game. You know, on online. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot of really bad openers <laughs> like uh i don't know i can't remember them but <laughs> not like not so bad like hey dummy what's up yeah it's like hey brat that, what's going on uh, you know like yeah the, the put down thing like put him no, down I don't know that, about that but yeah yeah i don't know i mean i just remember, i i always when it, like reading about text game made me think about like pickup artists and well whatever, yeah that's and, exactly like, what it is it's really, it is what it is and yeah. it's, so how did you uh, uh use the game to get your girlfriend I mean, I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't end up using, I mean, it really was just, she messaged me first and then, and I responded back and I, cause I, I had to, she was, it was, everything on her profile was so cool. We were like, we were like 90, 96, 97% compatible. And, and I just, 
it was just a, a really great organic conversation that just just happened. Like it wasn't sure. it wasn't like any conversation I ever had with anybody else before. Um, in real life, like actually meeting them, breathing the same air as them, or you know through online dating or texting or what have you. And then and I just it was just a rabbit hole. Like every everything that she said, I wanted to say three things in response to. Like every sentence, I had three three things I wanted to respond with, and it was vice versa for her. Like I would say one thing, and she had so much she wanted to respond to as well. Like it just it exploded, and it just it was it is it's the best relationship I've ever been in, and she's the most amazing <laughs> woman I've ever known. Like I'm I'm all about her. Like, so sweet. It's, yeah. But then there's no like. There's no, like, oh, man, I could be out on a mic right now. I mean, there's none of that going on in I mean, your relationship. It does happen sometimes. But she's always, like, wanting me. He's like, you know, go out. Like, do your you know your mic. And, but at the same time, I don't have it as much because of, you know, I'm working comedy works all the time. You know, so, I, like, what, what really the struggle is comedy works sometimes keeping me from doing the mics. Not so much her because my time I get to spend with her is during the day like on weekends and stuff during the day or sometimes at night you were her and I really just ships passing in the night because of she's she's a uh, physician assistant student which is which isn't a nurse it's not and it's not a doctor it's like it's right in the middle you can you can prescribe and you can uh, you can um, you can prescribe medicine and you can you can diagnose is the word I was looking for you can do all of those things. Uh, you have a doctor kind of acting as the supervisor role, but the PA can actually do all these things. It's a new, it's a new, uh, it's a it's a new part of hospitals and a new part of the medical system because it's a cheaper way and a more efficient way to get things done. Whereas everyone had to be a doctor in order to prescribe anything, which takes years and money in order to get that degree and everything. Um, so she's a PA and she's going through her third year. And she is right. Well, right now she's in Colorado Springs this month, just studying and working in emergency trauma medicine because that's what she wants to go into. Uh, so she's gone all month, and I won't see her this month. So this month I'm going to be able to go out a bit more often than I probably would have otherwise. And 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 things have started kind of opening up a bit more at Comedy Works, which are allowing me to go to open mics uh, starting this month. And I'm exci- I'm excited tomorrow. I'm going to go to Mutiny for the first time in. I don't even know, like two months, I think now. Just so you're excited me. to go and I'm wait ex- with everybody. Yeah, I really <laughs> am. I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited because like Sundays have become my favorite day of the week um, at, at Denver Bicycle Cafe. Every <laughs> oh, sin- yeah, We got it. <laughs> we, got, we got it now, Roger. But yeah, I'm like, Sundays are so great because I get to be a part of it. And so I'm looking forward to mutiny, getting to just sit, listen to everyone do well or bomb or, you know, whatever, and, like, laughing at stuff and not laughing or whatever, and, like, me going up and sucking big old dick and no one laughing at anything I have to say. But I don't care. Like, I'm just so excited tomorrow to do that. Um, but the but it's, 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 in, it's a combination of comedy works for whatever reason this week. My night shifts have kind of cleared up a little bit because I've picked up a lot of stuff during the day. And then, she, and then Anna's gone for this whole month. Um, but the... Um, uh, but at the but your question your your comment like I don't experience that so much with her because she encourages me to go out she comes with to me for gigs she comes she she goes to my new talent nights and she goes and does this and encourages me to you know to go out from time to time and you uh, don't feel torn great. at all between any of the two no or? I don't I don't feel torn at all so much I oh, if I great. feel you found a cool relationship yeah right good for really. you yeah. I and it well, if I feel torn about anything I feel torn that I feel like she's so much funnier than I am. What? Yeah, she she makes me laugh so hard, and and I get mad because I'm like, why can't I just be as funny as she is? I wish I could be as funny. <laughs> so that's why it's also fun like to be around her because I'm like, I'm I'm get to 
you know, I'm, you I'm get to steal all her jokes. I get to steal her jokes, right? <laughs> um, the open mic scenes can be hard and brutal, but when I'm with her, it's a lot of yes anding, and it's a lot of yeah. fun. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is a safe environment. Yeah, I'm, it's always I'm okay. the best. It's when so, you have a, yeah, a girl that you can do that with. Yeah, so it's always nice to have that, and and um, but no, I don't experience much of. If, if I have anything, it's it's it'll be times whenever comedy works. I'm working so late, and I don't have the opportunity to go do shows. I have had to turn down shows. I feel so bad. There, Longmont Comedy does Bub Comedy, and Longmont does such cool stuff right now. And they were going to have me part of a show, and I had to back out last minute because of comedy works. And and it, I mean, it's a it's a cool problem to have. Like I'm working at the coolest club in in Colorado and the Midwest and in the West and everything. Sure. Like, um, it's so cool to have that, and then it sucks. I'm like, ah, oh, but I want to, I want to tell jokes. Sure, and, yeah, like you gotta um, make a yeah. good choice there. Yeah, right. So, um, but at the same time, I wouldn't trade it to. Uh, I mean, I, I'm so glad. I wouldn't. I if if I had to start it over and do it again, like I would still apply to work at Comedy Works. Like I'm because I'm so glad I got to meet and have been able to meet everybody and have that experience and be in the club and like have this cool work experience and see how it all works and how. Um, Meeting Wendy, meeting Juliet, meeting, uh, being able to talk to Deacon a little bit more often than I probably would have otherwise, stuff like that. So, um, no, yeah, it's 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 a very weird balancing act. So, and we can put a we can put a pin on that one. If oh you, no, no, if that's great. Like. I mean, I was just no, no, uh, no, no, reaching no. for these lightning round questions because it felt like uh, yeah. just feels like it's it, f- it feels like we're getting there. Down, Unless you have yeah. more you want to talk about with your romance situation. No, no I really don't, I don't want know. you to feel bad uh, about well. about it though. I feel like I really think you should have the experience and enjoy it and learn from it and get what you get out of it so you can let that help you grow as a comedian and grow as an artist. Way easier said than done for me. I don't know. Right. I, I've, I'm a. Cl- I was talking to Zach Moss because mm-hmm. uh, he's on Tinder too, and he was kind of like the guy oh, that yeah. was like, you, "You'd be cute. You could. You could do Tinder, man," because yeah. he's having a great experience with it. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "You're a classic overthinker, man." <laughs> he's like, "And you're an emotional overthinker. The right. worst." And I was I, like, "I know. I'm that way too." <laughs> and I broke down and cried at oh, Three Kings for yeah. a long time. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, constant struggle for me to be in the moment, not overthink right. things. But uh, uh, let's do these lightning okay, round questions here. Let's all right, let's, uh, do you believe in God? No. Okay. Well, I I don't believe in Christian God. I don't believe in the Jesus and that stuff. I I kind of I don't want to say. I I guess I shouldn't say no, but I want to say I'm somewhat agnostic. Is what I would say. Okay. So, but I don't believe in Christian God and stuff like that anymore. I used to when I was in younger. Christian God. Christian God. You believe in uh, Muslim God? I don't know what's the difference. <laughs> yeah, right. There's really just you. Isn't. You mean like guy? You know, uh, old man in the on old, a cloud. Old man in a cloud who's <laughs> judging, judging you everybody. and telling you that you're a horrible person. All yeah. right. Cool. I don't. Yeah. Uh, who do you think you are? This is meant to be fun, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you, Who do you think you are? Um, I think I'm a. Uh, the thought comes to my head. I'm a straight man inside a gay man's body, which is one of my jokes that I like to say sometimes. But uh, why? Why are you in a gay man's body? I don't know because all gay men find me so attractive. Okay, they find like all, and I'm so flattered, and it's so cool. Sometimes <laughs> it's it, sometimes it, sometimes. <laughs> but, all right. Yeah. Who Who do you think? I don't know. I don't know who I think I am. Sometimes. All right. That, that's know. fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So it's really like the yeah, first thing that comes to your head. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. Right. We're talking about overthinkers. I, who do I think I am? I'm an overthinker. There we go. No, no, How about yeah, that one? You were both overthinkers. Is it worse to fail at something or never attempt it in the never first place? It. Okay. That's easy. Are you an artist? Mm-hmm. Yes. What makes you so great? 
uh, that I fail is what makes me great. And that I accept failure. And that I keep trying to work through failure. Jeez, that's deep. Yep. Um, is it better to burn out or fade away? I don't know. I mean, I think, it, I mean, fading away is, I don't think either of them are very good. I don't like, I mean, if you burn out, burn out, do you mean, do you mean like Kurt Cobain, shoot yourself, burn out and have like the legacy like that burn out? Or do you mean yeah, burn out like I you guess. just decided to throw your hands up in the air and quit like Steve Martin and never do jokes anymore? Like burnout. Because that sucks. I don't sucks. think that's burning out. I think he's... I felt like he burned out. Be- what? He, well, he like, got burned he got, out. He on... got burned out. Yeah. Okay. Steve Martin a bit, been a through line on this pod for a couple, you know, the he's... last couple weeks too, I feel like. Oh, yeah? He's been brought up? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think burnout is, I think, you know, yeah, like... Uh, well, I hate the like video Jimmy game Hendrix. burnout. I think that is burnout. I, I think burnout sucks. Is. So I'm going to go fade away. Okay. Better to fade away. <laughs> um, what's your problem? So my problem, my problem is my ba- balancing acts. Trying to balance everything that I want to do and all my ideas is my problem. What is truth? What is truth? Truth is is the is generally is the is the generally accepted ideas across society across peoples. Wow. All right. It's it's because truth could be anything, but it's it's truth. Fact is what we all decide is fact when you think about it. Though, I mean, as long as, because when you look at Republicans, what they think is fact versus what Democrats think is fact, um, and there's like the ideologies coming back and forth, but but then, and at the end of the day, like you can just present like, well, this is actually fact and like proven by so many scientific reports, but so many people don't necessarily, you know, accept it, you know, like Carly Fiona, I can't ever even say her last name, that the president, one of the, you know, 20 and counting presidential candidates uh, for the Republican side, the I think the only woman running for president on the Republican side uh, had so much trouble with like the Planned Parenthood stuff. Everyone telling her like, no, 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 this is fact that Planned Parenthood was not harvesting babies for money. Yet you continue to say it as it's, if it's fact because you perceive it to be fact, and all your followers perceive it to be fact too. So in their little eco- ecosystem microcosm, they think that's fact and that's truth, and you're not going to change that. So truth is just whatever everyone accepts to be fact and truth. Wow. And the the uh, the slow. I was thinking about that as I was driving over here today. You're funny. thinking about what is I really truth. I was. I really fucking was. I was truth? thinking about what is truth. I was thinking about. I was thinking about the progress of humanity and the progress of society and how like how far we've come and how hard it is to get to actual truth. How how hard it is like. To get to get from A to B, like how long it took for us to just like because racism isn't fucking gone. That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about racism. I was, <laughs> Jesus dude, Christ! What's going <laughs> yeah, on? I know. I was thinking about I was thinking about racism. I was thinking about how like white guilt, car, white just people. About racism. I was just you know driving my car, driving across Colfax, thinking about racism. Things about fitting that sort got of place me on to the truth. Got, <laughs> you know what is truth? Right. Okay. So what but, are we talking about here? I was I, mean, I was driving here. I was just thinking about how long it took. It t- it takes people like to, like, because thinking about ah, I can't even I can't even spit it out because I'm thinking about how hard and how long it took for people to just get from slavery to not slavery to letting black people vote to like now we have this invisible racism and black, hashtag Black Lives Matter and everything and I was thinking about how long it just took to get to that point and like. I can imagine what that perfect rule is, which is absolute truth and what like. 
how people won't judge each other by skin and by gender and by my preference and by this and that whatever and that that won't even be a thought anymore that won't that won't even exist and like and i was just thinking how th- that's gonna take so fucking long are we gonna even exist i get i get into this weird this weird world where i have you heard about i can talk to way too long about this stuff too and i uh, we need to put into yeah, we gotta it, wrap we gotta it up, wrap so it up. But yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just, i'll like leave the eyes so at, truth is just what is the generally accepted idea across whatever groups of in society so yeah okay. i can get i can get way too much into wormholes i feel no, bad no, about podcasts because I, 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 I get <laughs> i get too much just and i get carried away here. i get way too yeah, long i'll have to have you back on again to talk yeah. about truth and racism yeah there we um, go that sounds i cool I, I, yeah yeah i'm gonna not talk anymore <laughs> i appreciate you having me here jd lopez let me go into these little brain worms you're welcome yeah. <laughs> um, all right so uh yeah i usually let the guests sign us off however you feel uh, the culmination of this yeah. entire podcast. I, uh, I hope you guys um, learned about truth. And you get up on that mic if you're gonna. Oh yeah. Whisper. Oh yeah. Okay. I hope you guys learned about truth today. I hope you find. I hope you guys found yourselves a little bit more. And then uh, make sure you, when you when you see J, J D Lopez, just whisper renegade in his ear, <laughs> and and tell him that everything's gonna be fine, that he can. And he can live the life he wants to live, mm. and he can, <laughs> he can, he can do do what he needs to do, and he, that as long as he gets out of his own way, takes care of himself, and and loves himself first, and then loves loves others uh, as a product as a product of him loving himself uh, to the highest extent. Yeah, Thank you whisper for all that in my ear, please. <laughs> Every night before you fall asleep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, Roger Hack. That's me. Jenny Lewis. <laughs>